Warning! The Dub Talk podcast contains language and content and may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Please be aware that during the 2021 Dubby Awards, spoilers will occur for any and all 2021 anime series. Use caution in case a series comes up that you have yet to finish. Finally, the opinions expressed in this year's Dubby Awards are those of the individual participants and may not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Thank you, and enjoy the show. And welcome to the 2021 Dubby Awards. This is our special yearly award show where the hosts get together to rave about our favorite anime English dubs from the past year. My name is Stephanie, and I'm currently here with my fellow OGs, Hardy and Megan. Can you, be- can you believe it's been six years? Six years we've been doing this. Bro. It's been a while. The W Awards. Where we can tell the difference between two different categories and not stick the same subject in there twice. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh. Ooh. As a side note, uh, Megan, I'm sorry we didn't get to rent out Radio City like you wanted, but I really have no idea where the Patreon funds disappeared to. So. I, have, I have no idea where they went either. Uh, I, I don't. I don't understand what happened. Uh, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Beefy. Mm. Oh, is that more Chef Boyer? Is that some Chef Boyer? Do you got there? Mm-hmm. It's all Andrew's fault anyway. Yeah. Hey. Speaking of, <laughs> and as for the rest of our hosts joining us today as their voice for their own awards, we have once again Andrew. I am the avatar for everybody's shit opinions. It's fine. <laughs> They're not shit opinions. Don't call them that. I'm sorry. That was. I mean, you do like scary. Makoto from Persona Five, so. The only shit opinions out of all of us here are Andrews. It's fine. Anyways. Listen, you walked into this. I did. Anyways, yeah, once again, I'm going to be representing everybody else's personal awards and speaking to you about what they picked, including my own. Yes, yes, yes. We're here for a long-ass night, boys and girls. We let Uh, him pick things? (laughs) We let him be here? (laughs) Yes. I live here now. This is the first... Just because you live here doesn't mean we, we, we had to let you do this. I think this is the first year we're doing this where we actually live... Where we are paying We actually live si- together. Yeah. <laughs> also Steph true. just lets Andrew live there so he can feel tall. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> now, anyways. If this is your first time tuning into the W Awards, first of all, welcome. We, we welcome you to this wonderful, wonderful time we apologize if it turns into a shit show. Because Second of all, we're sorry. <laughs> Second of all, we're sorry. Um, but as previously mentioned, uh, this is a special episode where we've been doing every year since basically we first started. Again, as Hardy mentioned, six fucking years. Uh, and we celebrate the fantastic dubs ha- that have come out in the past year. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, what shows even qualify for these awards? Well... I'll tell you, or Andrew, how many qualified this year? Uh, and I'm... can we also make fun of the fact that we love teasing you about keeping track of this? <sighs> yes, you may. <laughs> Anyways, the, to- the final tally for the number of eligible anime dubs that count for this year is, in fact, 194. Yup. Almost 200. Yup. We want 200 yeah. this year. Yep. 
Please give us 200 so we can make Andrew Not really, we're just doing it for the meme. We just do it just for the meme, not 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 to make us go crazy, just for the meme. Uh, but anyway, um, we do have, when it comes to W Awards, we do have our own specific qualifications as to what can potentially be awarded. Uh, just real quick going through them for all of the new viewers out there. Uh, the qualifications for the 2021 W Awards. Dubs, the dubs would have have to have premiered between October 1st of 2020 and September 30th of 2021. We, we, if we follow a seasonal calendar now <laughs> instead of like month, like specific thing like we did before. Because seasonals, huzzah. Uh, it's also much easier to follow seasonals. Much easier to follow. Uh, sequels, prequels, and reboots do qualify. However, hosts are asked that they do not award a show or performance for two consecutive years. Uh, the OG hosts, aka myself, Hardy, and Megan, we are allowed to pick two award winners for each category. The remaining hosts, including Andrew, can pick one. And because sometimes there are some weird dubbing situations and production shenanigans that happen, the following series were given exceptions from 2020 and can potentially get awards for 2021. 2021 to 2022. Well, no, that from 2020 to this year. Oh, right. So they are A3, Spring and Summer, uh, Listeners, and Isekai Quartet Season 2. Now, that also means there might potentially be some that did get exceptions for this year and will qualify for next year. There's only two this time. We have Josie and the Tiger and the Fish and Knights of Sidonia Love Woven in the Stars. Those two films do not qualify for W Wars this year, but they can qualify for next year. One of which I believe is now out on home video already. Yeah. I, I so, think this was uh, because they're both theatrical releases and, you correct. know, COVID is a thing. So, yep. so yeah. it was, it was, the decision was made among the OG hosts to give those two films exceptions and let them qualify for next year. Yeah. So with that, I think we need to, we can get started. How's that sound for mm-hmm. you? So the first award of the evening is of course the underrated performance award. This is given to actors who have a performance that might have slid under the radar over the course of the year and similar to kind of what we did last year we're not doing the crazy wheel to side like we did last year because <laughs> we're not chaos, gonna be we all we I love like chaos to- but not tonight <laughs> but uh similar to what we did last year we're going to ask andrew to read the awards from the other hosts first i am going to say one thing though before he starts um, Gigi did give awards to, uh, did give awards for, um, uh, this year, but sometimes the host will give notes, sometimes I don't. Gigi just had a blanket statement, and in all honesty, some of what she wrote and she sent to me, I would honestly, ref- like, double reflect that. Mm-hmm. She says the following, I will give out gushing words of love via Twitter after the podcast has aired due to personal time constraints. But know that absolutely everyone involved in the dubbing industry did a tremendous job this year. You are all rock stars. Now go and have a glass of wine and a bubble bath and revel in your success. Love your faces. That is 100% GG right there. I would love to have a bubble bath, but I'm afraid I'm going to get stuck in the tub. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Bubble baths are the best. I also need a bigger bathtub. I need a bubble that. bath, but my bubble bath would have to be the Shamu tank. Oh no! Megan, No! I didn't say with the whales in it. <laughs> the Shamu tank says enough, though. 
Jesus. Anyway. Could you imagine, though, like the hot tub party? If we could make that thing into a hot tub, free the you whales. Know, okay. Make that, that into a fucking we hot doing, tub. If that's what we were doing, I'm for it. <laughs> anyway. I'm down. I'm down to hot tub with the whales. That'd be dope. Andrew, will you please give us the winners for the other hosts for underrated performance, please? Why, certainly, Stephanie. So, starting us off, Jet's pick for underrated performance goes to Siddhartha Manas for Sunny Boy. He says, Sunny Boy was a fascinating and often strange show, but one that was consistent with Siddhartha's excellent performance as Rajani. He did a good job of making him come off as an intellectual, curious, and generally kind-hearted guy and helped to make Rajani my favorite character from the show. Really hoping this won't be the last we see of him. Patrick's pick for Under Egg Performance goes to Michaela Krantz for Wonder Egg Priority. And he says, Michaela has been pretty open about pouring her own life experiences into the role of Ioto, and the result is a wonderful performance full of heart. Gigi's pick for Under Aided Performance goes to Michelle Rojas for Wonder Egg Priority. My pick for Under Aided Performance goes to Jacob Hopkins for To Your Eternity. And to me, Jacob deserves his due for his anime debut being a character and vocal performance so complicated as Fushi. But by episode one, I was sold. And as Fushi grew, Jacob too grew into something simply incredible and out of this world. Amon's pick for underrated performance goes to Brittany Karbowski for Gleepnir. He says... It's just nice to hear Brittany get to use all that scratchy grit in her voice to play such an openly abrasive, and one who isn't even a small boy at that. Go, go watch Gleepnir so Brittany can freak you out. Jamal's pick for underrated performance goes to Emmy Lowe for Higarashi when they cry Go and Sotsu. He says, Emmy's performance as Reina Ryugu is charming and downright terrifying, showcasing the character's plight. I also now can't unhear Emmy in a little girl voice without them going, awoo. And I have a statement prepared for me, actually, for this next one. Uh-oh. The return of the Editor's Choice Award, courtesy of Jackson. And he says, No, I don't care that I was a panelist for two episodes this year. You can't take the Editor's Pick segment away from me, damn it. <laughs> Never change, you Canadian fuck. I <laughs> love you, Jackson. Anyway, Jackson's pick for underrated performance goes to Rachel Masser for Shirobako. Ooh, okay. He says, You could also call this most improved, in my personal opinion. I did not have high opinions of Rachel's acting in the past, but she really proved her chops with this performance. An actor's actor able to do anything asked of her and bring it all home with some tear-jerking delivery. Alright. Just Thank a you. reminder that Jackson does have diplomatic immunity, therefore we cannot take away his editor's choice position. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> we love you, Jackson. Alright. Thank you, Andrew. Alright. So, underrated performance award. Megan, why don't you give us your award winners, please? So, my first award for underrated performance is going to go to Christopher Wakecamp as uh, Yami Biko in Sunny Boy. Oh, okay. Um... His performance was something of, like, an old man in the body of a dog. Uh, and there was just a weariness and gentleness to this character who uh, comes in and is supposedly both older and younger than our main characters. 
and yet he carries it with such a grace and gentleness to his voice. And episode 8 of Sunny Boy is a fucking masterpiece of an episode, and I think a lot of that was carried by Christopher's performance as this character. It was definitely, to me, the highlight of the dub for, um, as an episode. Uh, so he gets definitely my underrated performance award. And my other one goes to Veronica Taylor in Akadama Drive. Mm. Um, Yay! Let me get her exact character, I'm sorry. Boss. She's the boss. The boss. The executioner boss. Akadama Drive was a show and a dub that I think was by far one of the most talked about dubs of the year. Um, and whenever people would talk about Akadama Drive to me, it was always about the Akadama's performances. It was never about a lot of the other side cast. But to me, to have Veronica Taylor come in and play such a despicable older woman character with no redemption and no sense of severity, like sensitivity in her voice was a huge breath of fresh air for me, especially as somebody who really knows Veronica for her younger boy voices. So I really appreciated this performance a lot. And it's one of my favorite performances in all of Akadama Drive. Yeah, Veronica Taylor can be scary in that show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Old school Ash goes real scary. It's great. <laughs> uh, Hardy. Thank you, Megan. Hardy, will you give us your winners for underrated performance, please? Well, I'd love to, uh, but I have to preface this by saying, uh, you know how every year I make an exploit of the fact that just because there's no rule that the two actors can't be from the same show. Son of a bitch. I think I know where you're going. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, Here we go. Well, I don't know. This one I actually could not do. Uh, it, but I I have two this year. It was going to be three. Um, but I couldn't do this one because uh, of a, a technicality. Let's just say that. Um, okay. So for my silver award, I like to give underrated performances to those who aren't typically... Uh, to, to the actors who typically don't really do a lot of anime, either they're new to it or they're just a complete surprise to it, or, or they've they've just sort of um, made an impression on me that uh, that I didn't expect. Okay. Um, for my silver award, I'd like to give it to the the voice of both of Sokka's girlfriends on Avatar, Jenny Kwan. For her role in High Rise Invasion as our favorite, oh. favorite disaster lesbian. Yes. And uh, and here and with my gold choice is the controversial one. Because when this came out, I heard a lot of people say, "I don't like this. It's awful. You know, it doesn't deserve to be here." Okay. And so I watched it, and then I watched it again, and then I watched it again. Okay. And I'm watching this. I'm like you know what? I don't hate this. I cannot bring myself. I actually kind of really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so for my gold award, I'd like to give it to Neil Patrick Harris for Star Wars Visions, The Twins. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And the only reason I didn't give it the other award to Alison Brie was because I had already given it to her last year. But my reasoning on this is because if you listen to it, Yes, it is very hokey. It is very cheesy. It is very 
um, what is the word? It is very exaggerated. Um, hammy. Is it hammy? It's very hammy. Oh, okay. That's Star Wars. If you go back and watch A New Hope this day, the very first lines are, you are part of a rebel alliance and a traitor. Take her away. And it's just, it, more than Star anything. Star Wars was never subtle. It was no, never. It never not. was. <laughs> no. But, you know. It's camp at its finest. The other episodes of Star Wars Visions had really good acting for the most part. But the twins was the most overacted. And in my opinion, it best fit the actual Star Wars dubs for back when I was a kid. It was the most faithful, in my opinion. And so, yeah, I can see why people would hate it because it is very hokey. It is very overacted. But to me, it just sort of hit that hit me in the nostalgia bit when I was a kid watching Star Wars in my pajamas. And so... That's- Awesome. Right in the nostalgia nards. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah. I know I completely understand why people wouldn't like it, but to me, I just, I I got a kick out of it. So, that's what I have to say. Awesome. Thank you, Hardy. Mm -hmm. So, I typically, when I do my awards, I typically don't like doing a gold and a silver. That's just my personal preference. Um, I I like to award mine as equally as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? I think I'm going to do that this year. Huh? I think I'm gonna go with that mentality this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Um, my two awards for underrated performance award. Um, they're for vastly different reasons and they're for some rather fun and interesting performances. Uh, my first underrated performance award is going to go to Max Middleman for VV Fluoride's Eyes Fluoride Eyes Song as little teddy bear Matsumoto. Uh <laughs> He stole mo- the show for me for the majority of the time in a series, in a sci-fi series that either people are going to love it or people are going to hate it. Um, I feel like he was one of the highlights of the dub for Vivi, and he just had fun comedic timing, comedic chops, just sass and snark to him, and it was just so much fun. Um, it's like, which Matsuno is he? Megan. Uh, Toadie. Totomatsu. Toadie, the shithead. The shithead. It's the similar snark and sass as Totomatsu. No, <laughs> it's Mr. Osamatsu. But as a AI in a robotic bear's body. <laughs> it's very fun. And I, I really, really loved and appreciated that performance. My other award goes to a show that was... The dub was actually kickstarted. Um, oh, and that this performance was was only around for so long, like half of a season, but boy, did it leave an impact. Um, my other underrated performance award goes to Erica Schroeder as um, I need her name real quick as Kelly Stoner uh, in Emma a Victorian Romance. Boy, first of all, um, Mrs. Stoner is an old lady. I've never heard Erica be, do an old lady voice before. Um, and just Mrs. Stoner's just grace and intellect and just caring nature that she has for our lead Emma was just so phenomenal. And um, just the fate of this character was just so impactful that I just sobbed like a little baby <laughs> when I was watching it. So Erica did a phenomenal job and I think it was again one of the highlights of a very very special and little unique show like emma um if you have the opportunity to go get emma i suggest you do 
Uh, it is available to the pu general public, so um, it's a fun, cute little romance series. But I really liked uh, Erica Schroeder a lot. Uh, with I'm, that, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to laugh every time you say your name because Mrs. Stoner is such a funny name. <laughs> okay, good. I wasn't the only one thinking it. <laughs> okay, good. I wasn't the only one. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> Thank oh, you, hello, Emma. Emma. Would you like a spot of pot? Would you like a spot of tea, Emma? No. Well, well yes, Mrs. Stoner. Anyways, I would. Anyways, congrats to Erica Schroeder. Her performance was quite lit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn it. No, and... You um, can say it was really the bomb. God damn it. Let's move on to our next award. We're going to some from some underrated performances to some voice actors we think should be on your radar. This is the Voice Actor to Watch Award. So our Voice Actor to Watch Award is very straightforward. These are, again, the voice actors we think should be on your radar who have made a splash this past year. So, Andrew, will you kick us off with the winners for all of the other hosts, please? Certainly, Stephanie. Starting us off, uh, Jet's pick for the voice actor to watch is AJ Beckles. He says, AJ may have only made his debut into the world of anime this year between Chiki in Komodo Jihen, Chaco in Shaman King, and Takamichi in Tokyo Revengers. He's already proved himself to be a pretty talented actor, and I'm excited to see what the future has in store for him. Patrick's pick for voice actor to watch is also AJ Beckles. He says, Seeing new names pop up in anime dubs is great, and AJ brings a lot of fun energy to the roles he played this year. Hoping to see him a lot more in the future. Gigi's pick for voice actor to watch is Siv Ryan. My pick for voice actor to watch is Ryan Colt Levy. I almost gave Ryan this award last year, and gosh darn it, I'm committing this time. I was especially impressed this year by his Watson and Moriarty the Patriots, but seriously, I've been a fan of his work since Irmacoon, and I can say he's going places. Amon's pick for voice actor to watch is Siddhartha Manas. He says, I'm so glad Siddhartha got to play such a prominent role in something as high profile, in not necessarily highly watched, as Sonny Boy. Dude is clearly very talented, able to make something like acting in Sonny Boy look easy, and a he's 100% ready for the big leagues. I hope this is the start of a long, illustrious VO career for him. Go kick some ass, dude. Jamal's pick for voice actor to watch is... Siv Ryan. He says, Siv's performance as Sarza is basically what if Jeremy Lee and Mickey Mouse did the fusion dance. And what's not to love about that? I look forward to Siv in more roles. And... The coveted Editor's Choice Award from our buddy Jackson goes to, for voice actor to watch, goes to Kelly Greenshield. He says, for a first major outing in Chihayafuru, Kelly really rose to the occasion in this very unique role of a young mother balancing her athletic career and her family and all the conflicting emotions that come with it. Alright, I like how we're calling it the coveted Editor's so Choice Award. I'm kind of Jackson keeps Jackson keeps Jackson keeps uh, <laughs> rising in the sandings. We love Jackson here. He's a good dude. 
He deserves the world. <laughs> the man did a five-hour stream once of Disco Elysium. Oh my god, god bless his heart. Hashtag no more five-hour streams. Hashtag, comes hashtag you don't need to make an Amazon version of Disco Elysium. You just have Jackson screaming it. We love you, Jackson. Uh, all right. Thank you, Andrew. Megan, will you please give us your winners for voice actor to watch? So my first award for voice actor to watch is also going to be for Siddhartha Minahas for his role as uh, Rajani in Sunny Boy. He definitely took me by surprise with how natural he made Rajani's performance feel, even though Rajani was literally listing off shit as if he was in a Star Trek episode. Um, <laughs> I think he brought a lot of heart and kindness to the performance. And a huge shout out also to Zeno Robinson for this. Because uh, if Zeno had not told uh, the directing and the casting department to cast a Asian of South, uh, an Indian or Southeast Asian uh, actor, we would have missed out on this performance. So I really hope that this really is Siddhartha's uh, first step into a wider world of anime voice acting because he was absolutely phenomenal for such a heavy show and a heavy role. And my other voice actor to watch is Risa May for her work in Shadow's House as uh, Shirley, Rum, and of course Rummy because uh, it's hard enough to play one character. Mm -hmm. uh, it's even harder to play three. Um, yeah. Yeah. um even though even though Shirley doesn't talk a ton, uh I think that Risa did a phenomenal job in Shadow's House as the very shy and very uh unconfident rum. And I think that I know that since then she's been getting a lot of big breaks in anime. Uh but this was obviously for last year, so I am very much looking forward to seeing what Risa can bring from here on out. Awesome. Thank you very much. Katarina, for the love of fucking God, let the easel go into your back. <laughs> yes, I am trying to shove a, a peg into the back of Katarina for the villainous. You, to could, be fair, could Katarina, you say, Katarina's very dense. She wouldn't could, know. Could you say that you're trying to peg Katarina? It's I mean, not her harem is, but she wouldn't know. <laughs> but oh, hey oh. <laughs> All right. All right, All my right. nendroids on my desk have been fixed. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. Hardy, will you give us your winners for voice actor to watch, please? Why, absolutely. I mentioned earlier uh, that I have, I would have had three duos this year, but I do have two. Mm -hmm. And this is my first, because I cannot have one without the other. Both okay. of these actors just recently came onto the scene, and because they play off each other so well, I could not separate them. And so, for my voice actors to watch, I have to give it to Theo Devaney and Ryan Colt Levy as Ooh. Sherlock and uh, and Watson for Moriarty the Patriot. Um, Theo, in particular, just has this natural... Well, he's British, so it helps that he has just, just this natural suave to his voice. And the way that Ryan plays off of him, sort of as the straight man to his performance, um, they just they just really mesh well together. And I think they 
are actually the more interesting characters in comparison to our our leads in Moriarty. So I look forward to seeing what they do in season two uh, a whole lot. And Moriarty uh, stands have entered the chat angry yeah. at Hardy for Hi. defaming Moriarty's Moriarty. Hi. Yeah. That'd be me. <laughs> But yeah, no, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed these two for season one, and uh, as far as Theo's talking about, he's hyping up season two like super hard. So I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's so cute. I'm excited because then I can finally. Oh, I'm excited. I will. I will. I will marathon that shit. That is mine. <laughs> um. Yeah, I know. It just has to be in the episode. It's all. Yeah, I know. Let's be real. You're gonna have to pry that that series from my cold dead hands, just like uh, me and Kageki Shoujo. I know. Yep. Um, no, him being so excited is so adorable. Um, anyways, so my two winners for voice actor of the watch. Um, very interesting picks. So one has been in the voiceover game. I'm gonna say specifically for a while. The other has been far as I could tell, more production stuff and minor roles, but he's this year he's been starting to get more traction in some major roles. So, my award winners for voice actor to watch, one is going to go to Adam MacArthur. Uh, he kind of f- stepped into the anime world because of um, Itadori in Jujutsu Kaisen, but he's been growing ever since, including... I love the fact that you brought up Shadow's House because he's also in Shadow's House. <laughs> God, he's like the most punchable child in Shadow's he House. He is. <laughs> he's not punchable, he's puntable. There's a difference. Oh no, I'd, pu- I'd punch Ricky. <laughs> and, I have no shames that I would in fact throw hands with the 12-year-old. <laughs> and, and similar to what Megan was saying about Risa May and the trio of characters she has to play, um, Adam had to do two... Uh, with, with Shadow Sets with both Ricky and Patrick, and they're both, they're not as distinct, but in the, with this character, they don't have to be, but still, it's always, it's, it's still a fun watch to see him do, and I think he also did rather well with Itadori and Jujutsu Kaisen, so I'm very curious and interested, interested to see how he does. Um, he's been popping up more on the Dallas side too lately, he also did the Saints Magic Power is Omnipotent as well, uh, so I'm very curious to know where his anime voiceover career will take him. As for my other one, I mentioned before, as far as I could tell, uh, they were primarily doing production-related work. Uh, that's going to be Nazi Tarsha, uh, who kind of just came into more major roles this year uh, with shows such as Dungeon Boonies, uh, Saints of Magic Power again, A3, and he also took over a role for Aaron Dismuke in My Hero Academia because Aaron can't play... Amajiki and this other character um, in Class B. Um, he's been coming up a lot more lately. He's done minor roles in the past. Um, and I, the roles that he's been getting now, I've been enjoying so, so much. So I would love to continue seeing um, him do much more grand and fun things uh, in the future. And I believe... Does he have a lead now, actually, recently? Yes. Yes, he does. I He's was like, the lead in uh, Rumble Grandall, which counts for next year. That's the one. I remember him being announced for something. So first lead for him. So good on you. That's a really underrated dub, by the way. I actually, I've been watching that as it's come out. And I'm just surprised I really enjoy the show as much as I do. Oh, oh no, I've been meaning to watch that. that show because it's the people who did Astro Lost in Space. 
Oh shit, really? Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of that same team. Yeah. I'm gonna have to put that on my list. I look forward to watching shows for the next year's qualifiers now that we're doing this I show. know. Yeah, I know. I can actually start watching shit again. I know. <laughs> That's my mentality. Like, I, I can have... finally watch Evan's official blessing. <laughs> I, I have, like, Andrew will tell you, I have a list on my on my Annie list of, like, all of the shows that I really want to start watching after that, that I want to start watching after the fucking cutoff. <laughs> like, I'm just ready to fucking go. All right. I think we're good to move on. Oh, boy. Oh, my favorite award. Who's hungry? Mm. What kind? What Hardy, what kind do we have this year? We have some nice, juicy golden ham. What kind, though? Jerk. Mm. Jerk ham? Oh, you know, sriracha bacon. Ooh, that sounds Ooh. delicious. It is. You know what? Spicy. Mm. So, what I would, can I tell the story really quick, though? Yeah, go ahead. So, I went to the McDonald's for, for lunch, for, for dinner before we recorded this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I wanted to go out to the gas station to get some Mountain Dew Spark, mm-hmm. which is the superior, the most superior Mountain Dew flavor. Get off my dick, Baja Blast fan. Um, <laughs> so, as I was coming back from the McDonald's, I see a sign on the road that just says Gator Jerky. What? Gator jerky, which I'm okay. in, I live in Florida. Eating alligator is not a weird thing. Mm-hmm. It's not. Like, alligator tastes like chicken. I've, I've eaten alligator before. Yeah. It's not No, that wasn't, that wasn't the sign that concerned me. The next sign said ostrich jerky. What? <laughs> oh, sweet lord. And it just pointed into this field. Like, uh, do you have to go into the field to get it and hunt it yourself? Like... <laughs> No, I think it's like, okay, it's less of a field, and I think it's like more of like a lakeside bar, mm. but just, just ostrich jerky. <laughs> what the fuck? That's anyway. Anyways. Ostrich is not ham. Ostrich is not ham. But this is, uh, <laughs> again, Hardy's favorite award of the night. Because one, he's the one who basically created it. (laughs) And two, because we have so much fun with this. Uh, The Golden Ham Award for the hammiest chewing of the scenery performances we could ever possibly imagine in our lifetime. Or at least in the past year. Uh, Andrew, will you please give us the winners of Golden Ham for the other hosts, please? Can do. Starting us off is Jet. His pick for Golden Ham goes to... David Wald for Skate the Infinity. David Wald is an amazing actor, and he's played a lot of fun characters over the years, but his performance as Adam was out of this world. Every line from him was dripping with ham and sex, and whenever Adam showed up on screen, I knew I was in for a good time. Ham and sex. I love that word combination, because it's true. All right. Patrick's Golden Ham winner is... James Hong for Star Wars Visions, specifically The Elder. I've grown up with James Hong, both on screen and in voice. Unfortunately, a lot of what I remember him from has aged like milk coming back around to it, but I have a lot of respect for an actor that at the age of 93 and without a ton of ADR credits to his name, comes in and makes the villain role of a mid-tier anime short from a powerhouse director into one of the performances you need to watch the anthology to experience. Absolutely kills it. Also, this gives me the chance to tell you, wait for Snap first to watch Big Trouble in Little China. Treat yourself. You're worth it. Mm-hmm. 93? He's an Put old. Put on 
Damn! Holy shit! Good on James Hong. I need a drink for that. I wasn't expecting that. You're what good. the whippersnappers thing, or that you're worth it? That it was a it, it was a little longer than expected. Oh. Okay. Good job, Patrick. I love you. Gigi's pick for Golden Ham is Ian Sinclair in Food Wars: The Fourth Plate. I love you, Gigi. Never change. Never change. It's my, great. My pick for Golden Ham goes to David Wolf for Skate the Infinity. Never have I ever had so much fun listening to David Wall just chew the entire scenery. An utterly charming actor playing a crazy flamboyant psycho skater. This ham steak is cooked to juicy, tender perfection. Cheers, you mad matador. Ole! <laughs> you peaked so bad on the audio when you did that. Good job. Andrew's ole is too powerful for a white man. <laughs> Amon's pick for Golden Ham goes to Keiji Tang in Jujutsu Kaisen. Keiji is too talented for there to be a best possible Keiji Tang role, but this, barring maybe the guy he plays in Yakuza 7, definitely best embodies the Keiji that will make some deeply cursed meal or beverage and then tweet about eating it and then deserves an award of some kind. <laughs> also, he's very entertainingly loud. I'm just remembering the dramatic reading. Oh, now. when he ate the hot chicken sandwich? Yes! I think that's the reference he made, and I love it. Oh, God. Jamal's pick for Golden Ham goes to Mike Dent in Welcome to Demon School Irmacoon Season 2. Mike provide so much energy and flamboyancy to Runaway, Runaway, Romeo that it's too hard not to ignore. For his first anime role ever, Mike did a terrific job. Please and tell me. Just say, please tell me who that fucking sing. character is so I can get a screenshot. He also does sing, and it's great. He does. It is. It... I'll, I'll find you the character. Hold on. You can just you can just send it to me after, please. No, you. Uh, uh, I will. I'm just gonna while okay. he's reading. And finally, the coveted, ever so critical <laughs> award for the editor's choice. For Jackson. I love how this is progressing. Ja okay, Jackson's Jackson's pick for Golden Ham goes to Zeno Robinson for Akudama Drive. Ooh, okay. He only says the following. Finally, a role as loud as Zeno's Twitter account. <laughs> Praise be to God. Praise be! Oh god, Jackson, I love you. Hang on, that's not correct. It's it's closer to like Praise be to God! <laughs> God damn it! That's more accurate to Brawler. Anyways, uh, that's everybody else's picks. That's, okay. That means it's my turn. Yes, it is. Will you please give us your winners for Golden Ham Award? So I'm going to go, I'm gonna go with the obvious one first. Okay. I, too, enjoy David Wald skateboarding. Yay! Ole! 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 Uh, so what's up, my bitches, bros, and non-binary hoes? Hell yeah. David Wald as Adam is about as close to a universally beloved performance for an anime dub that I've ever seen. And it works because, yes, while Adam does have his moments of actual drama, the Adam the performer is what I think really excels his role. David Wald plays him with such a captivating madness and, like, 
the world's wildest drag queen. It's great. And it's like chef's kiss. Uh, so I want not only want to congratulate David Wald uh, for winning my award, but for the uh, Crunchyroll audience for once, for once in their life getting something right by giving him voice English voice actor of the year. Uh, my was second the, was was the other thing they got right the fact that Aaron Yeager's a goddamn villain. No, Aaron it's... can still be the protagonist of the show. That's not how English. Yeah, the other thing they got right was Boji being the best boy. Exactly. Ah, uh, yes, that yes. Okay, my I king. To, I need to go back to Rank Game King. I only watched the one episode with you guys before. We should finally watch it after I we're know. done with this. I'm excited. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you will have to pry that episode from Catrick's cold dead hands. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're not fighting. I'm him. not. And fighting. I'm allowed on it for girl because of girlfriend privileges. <laughs> anyway, your other. Uh, so, my other award for Golden Ham goes to a show that only me and Stephanie have watched. Oh, okay. Uh, Barrett Lady, come get your goddamn award. Yeah! <laughs> Barrett Lady's Chuya Nakahara is the most fucking chaotic shitster. Um, if you haven't what, listened to the Boongo and Alchemist episode, uh, the the main description I gave for Barrett Lady's energy as Chuya Nakahara in this show is do a flip, you pussy. Yeah. Um, that's, that's an apt description of this performance. He is so much fun in this show. Boongo and Alchemist is, to me, one of the more underrated dubs this year. It was a great time in Barrett's performance. Uh, when he he was basically in an eating... He was like in a hot dog eating contest with Zeno Robinson in that show. What? Uh, <laughs> not, not literally. Not literally, figuratively. figuratively. There were no blowjobs. And besides that, they'd be between Octagawa and Daisai in that show, just as always. Um, so, with that being said, uh, both guys, great job this year to the both of you. Uh, please enjoy your, your, uh, Sriracha Bacon Maple. Sriracha Bacon Maple, fuck. Mm. (laughs) Alright, it's It's, it's a Sriracha and, it's a Sriracha and bacon flavored maple leaf. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. All right, Hardy, can you give us your winners for, um, I was about to say voice actor to watch. We just did that. Golden yeah. Ham Award, please. Golden Ham. The yes. Golden Ham. Yeah. Uh, this is my second duo. Oh. And uh, I'm going to tell you who it would have been if I hadn't gone with these two. Okay. It, it would have been uh, David Wald for Skate the Infinity. And it would have been Alejandro Saab for Sleepy Princess and Adina McCastle. Ooh, okay. Yeah. But, because I'm doing a duo this year, as soon as these two came onto the show, smashing through the wall, uh-huh. there was no, no one else I could give this award to. Because as soon as you see them, you have to know. Mm-hmm. The bromance is real. Yes! It's Kylo! That's all it is. I have to give it to Zeno Robinson and Kellen Goff as Brawler and Hoodlum in Akudama Drive. Yeah! (laughs) Because they don't have the longest time together, but every moment they spend together is just... It is magic. Give it up for Anime Turk and JD. It is literally Anime Turk and JD. (laughs) Just... Just... Kellum's just hypersensitivity and Zeno's just um, just brutish tenacity. They're just both so... Ma- they they work so well. It's this... It, it's the 
golden glaze on this wonderfully cooked spiral cut ham. And it's just... Oh, I love that. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Why are you lying on the ground? You knock yourself off. You knock yourself <laughs> out with your hook shot. So I'd lie down here so everybody think me sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. They're so silly. But I mean, even after their comedic moments when later on this series and, and Hoodlum remembers his bro and it, it, you, yeah. it's just it's not only the comedic moments it's the emotional moments that you experience uh, it's just it's such a great both such great performances and that, that you can't have one without the other I have to give it to them both yeah I get you. alright my turn for Golden Ham so I actually could have given this to David but we'll come back to that we'll circle back to that um Instead, I'm going to highlight a couple of fun, hammy performances that some people might not have seen this year. One of which is actually going to be Crystal Laporte uh, for Dungeon Boonies. And I forgot what character she plays. Oh, no. She's one of the major female characters of the show. (laughs) Boy, does she have to, like, scream. Marie. Marie, thank you, Marie. Uh, The Princess Witch Marie. And she just screams, and she has to deal with a bunch of bullshit. And she has to deal with Lindsay Shepard's goddess horse shit half the time. And she's too tired for this shit. (laughs) And Crystal Laporte just has a fun, very comedic, very hammy performance, and she steals a lot of the show for me. The other one... (laughs) There's only one way I can actually introduce this. Uh, This other winner. Oh god, I know what she's doing. He sees my list, so he knows exactly what I'm about to fucking do. She! Oh, God. She! The she is happening. She's are happening. My other Golden Ham Award winner is for Keith Silverstein and Mr. Osamatsu. Uh, he not only played three characters, but they were very, very fun comedic ones. Especially fucking, um... Iyami. Iyami. Iyami, thank you. Iyami being the main one for this because dear sweet lord he is a pompous asshole who thinks he knows better than everything and everyone but he's just awful (laughs) but it's such a fun hammy comedic performance and i couldn't just not give it to him (laughs) so yeah my two award winners are crystal laporte and keith silverstein all right moving on to our next award we're going from Hemi performances to a wonderful group performances. This is our award. The this is the award for best ensemble. Very straightforward. <laughs> uh, it's the best ensemble we ensemble cast we thought for the year. Simple as that. Uh, Andrew, will you please give us the winners for the other hosts for best ensemble, please? Absolutely. Starting us off is Jet. His winner for best ensemble is. Kuriko's Basketball. He says, Never thought we'd actually get a dub of the good basketball boys, but it came together pretty well and has a fantastic ensemble. From Zeno Robinson's Kagami to each member of the Miracle Gen, the whole cast is a lot of fun and they all bounce off each other really well despite the time constraints the dub was made under. Great job. Like basketballs that they bounce off each other? Mm-hmm. Yes. Heck yeah. I they, love no, balls. They re- they rebounded quite well. God damn it. I love balls. <laughs> balls are nice. 
Dude, you gotta stop polishing those balls, man. I can't stop polishing these balls, man! Oh, God. oh I can't oh, stop these balls. balls are viral. Jesus You Christ. decided to not join the basketball club. Wait, wait, come back. <laughs> oh, God. The Persona 4 Hymns Day comic is legendary. Okay, continuing on. Patrick's winner for Best Ensemble goes to Akudama Drive. Just the biggest bunch of goofballs doing God knows what for a talking cat you'll ever meet, and the cast plays off each other wonderfully. Gigi's pick for Best Ensemble also goes to Kuriko Basketball with another rebound. Jesus Christ. False! Hopefully not a buzzer beater. Bones? Bones! Bones you have! This is this is very ballsy content for YouTube, I know. <laughs> Alright. My pick for best ensemble goes to Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. Wait, no, I need to say that right. Sleepy Princess in the Demon Jesus Castle. The Demon Castle is full of some of the most colorful and charming characters, and the dub is equally as colorful and charming, where everybody's bouncing off of each other in perfect sitcom chaotic synergy. Amon's pick for Best Ensemble goes to Jujutsu Kaisen. This show earns the award from me for how good the whole sprawling cast is, but the really, really earns it for that last Juju stroll, where Yuji, Nobara, and Gojo all pretend to be Megami's lover in an attempt to hassle him <laughs> while he's maybe hitting on a girl. The camaraderie is too deep and defined to ignore. Listen, my favorite Juju stroll is still the one where fucking Gojo is hassling Nanami, and at the end, Nanami pulls out a little note from his pocket, and all it says is, Please. <laughs> it's great. Jamal's pick for Best Ensemble Cast goes to Akudama Drive. A labor of love born from Brittany Lauda's Jackbox streams as well as her studio's connections. The eclectic cast provides many different vocal tones and ranges while matching the hamminess and thrilling moments the show provides. And the coveted diplomatic immunity <laughs> editor's choice award from our beloved Jackson goes to... Tokyo Revengers. Bros hanging out doing crimes. I love casts like this where the relative newcomer is in the lead and surrounded by a strong supporting cast. And that's it. <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck is that's happening? A, that's, a, that's a fucking Wilhelm scream. No, that's like the a, R2-D2 R2 scream, scream, you ignorant slut. <laughs> oh. Well, see, even I know what that is. I thought for a second it was actually Megan, but I'm like, no, that's not it. No, I she wasn't doing no, that's, I'm just, I'm just gonna keep that on uh, standby for the rest of the night. Uh, I'm just did saying. You, Megan, okay. did you see the the video where somebody put googly eyes on their, you know what? Yes. Yeah, I'm like, put the R two D two scream. Give me, give. I'll put that on there tonight. Oh my god. Just oh, for you. No. <laughs> Anyways, Megan, can you give us your winners for uh, Best Ensemble, please? <laughs> that was actually me. That was actually Megan. My mom is going to be like, what the fuck's going on in there? Are you possessed? <laughs> and I wouldn't say, well, it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, so let's start off. My first uh, award for Best Ensemble is going to go to Sunny Boy under the direction of Alexis Tipton. I think that the cast of the show came together 
so well. I think that she she took the right advice for certain casting. I think she pulled in a lot of actors to do stuff that was genuinely outside the box for them in the most parts. I think she she the way that this cast speaks bounces off each other so well. And I think it's that right mix of veteran talent and new people and putting actors who you expect to be uh, a certain way and putting them into a different role. Like having Derek Snow be the very, very soft-spoken Narita. Having Lucy Christian be uh, this more mature and uh, world-smart character. Uh, obviously casting Siddhartha as Raj. Uh... And I think overall, she really nailed the atmosphere and the casting of the show. And the cast acted under it so beautifully. Uh, so there, that's my one award. And my other award is going to go to 86. Um, 86 is, without a doubt, one of the strongest ensemble casts of the year. I really wish I knew who everybody was in the show. Hint, hint, crunchy roll. Uh, roll. Hit, whoops. Uh, it's got such a strong core cast with the likes of Susie Young, uh, uh, Billy Komet, Jonas Scott, Erica uh, Mendez, uh, Casey Monglino. Um, I keep forgetting who plays the the, the, the one Andrew. Maureen Price. Maureen Price. Uh, and even all the way down to grabbing some actors like Morgan LeRae, who turned in a stellar performance. Uh, Jenny Yoborki, like, there are so many good performances in this show. And I think that 86's cast deserves to be celebrated for carrying a very uh, heavy show, both in terms of visuals and the political aspect of it. Uh, also, Robbie Damon for scaring the living shit out of me. Um, <laughs> thanks. Uh, overall, two, both of my 86 and Sunny Boy were definitely my best ensembles. Kageki Shoujo was a very close third. Uh, I just thought that these two got it a little bit more than that. All right. Thank you, Megan. Hardy, how about you? What's, who are your winners for Best Ensemble? Yeah, my first Best Ensemble. Uh, I've, I chose my two depending on how the directors handled their casts. Okay. For my first one, goes to Wave Listen to Me. This was Stephen Hoff choosing out uh, a very familiar-looking Funimation-style cast with the likes of Terry Doty, Chris Sabat, Monica Rial, Ian Sinclair, and the such, and just using them to the best of their ability to put out a very solid production. It's not the most daring casting, but it just is... It's reliable, it's, uh, it works, and it, the end production sounds really, really fantastic. It's not the most adventurous of casting in the world, but it's using what you have to the best of your ability and putting out a really, really uh, solid product. On the other end of the spectrum, we have, we have very adventurous casting, uh, pulling in actors from all over the place, using actors from L.A., from Texas, even from New York, and go and just boldly doing this experiment that has rarely been done before and just putting out an absolutely phenomenal product in the middle of a pandemic all through remote recording 
it's definitely got to go to Akudama Drive. There was never any exception for me. As soon as I heard this, this is like, wow, this is one of the most adventurous casts I've seen, and they just absolutely knocked it out of the park. I think everyone was perfectly casted, everyone put in a phenomenal job, and it's just the fact that they were able to do this all remotely during a pandemic is just mind-boggling to me. So yeah, Akudama Drive all the way. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. As for my two ensemble winners, uh, my first winner is for a show that I think works very, very well, and I th and I want to say it has one of the more technically strong ensemble casts of the year. Um, because the actors had to play double the roles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> usually, usually, depending on the show and the talent pool, we usually aren't, or at least I'm not, usually fans of double casting and things like that. This is a show that actually requires it. <laughs> and it works very, very nicely. I'm, of course, talking about Shadow's House, um, which is under the direction of Caitlin Glass, Sean Gann, and Emmy Lowe. Now, uh, we already talked about a couple of performances being Risa May and Anna MacArthur, but we can't not just talk about them. Uh, we have more members of the cast that are playing uh, both the Living Doll and the Shadow Masters, such as um, Marissa Duran, you have Elizabeth Maxwell, you have... Um, Shoot. Gordon <laughs> Dash Cruz. I was going to get to him because he's he's good. He's very, very good. Alex Morris, the butterfly lady. <laughs> I'm not over that character. I know. <laughs> not Okay, so Alex Moore only had the one role, but still, fucking hell. Um, uh, no, but you also have Emily Fajardo as well. You have, it's just so much fun. And, and like Andrew just said, Jordan Dash Cruz, who I think steals the entire fucking show. <laughs> it's both Sean and John. But then you also have very strong leads with Danny Chambers and Emmy Lowe as Emilico and Kate, respectively, who do carry the show. But I think this is a very, very strong ensemble piece. Um, and on a technical level, I think it was just very well handled, very well done. So kudos to Caitlin and the team on that one. With the exception of one award, I cannot give this show any per single performance awards. Because for me, this is a show that is very strong as an ensemble, and it is very difficult for me to single out a single performance. Again, with the exception of one, and we'll get to that later. I'm gonna I'm talking about Akadama Drive under the direction of Brittany Lana and Matt Shipman. Because oh boy, that's a fucking roller coaster. It's a ride. The main core are just so phenomenal and just work off each other so well. So kudos to Macy Ann Johnson, Jonas Scott, uh, Brittany Lotta, Matt Shipman, Kellen Goff, uh, Zena Robinson, uh, Daisy Guevara, uh, Laura Stahl, and then even some of the minor characters, including like DC Douglas, uh, Jenny Yokobori, uh, Veronica Taylor, who we talked about earlier, uh, and then Eddie Lee as well. Don't mind. Like, don't forget Wai Chang. Yes, Wai Chang. I was like, shit, I'm forgetting Everyone Wai. forgets no, Hacker. How can I forget about Hacker? He's a sweet boy. Little nutty, but sweet. They're all nutty. He's killed him. people. He's killed people. That's my little meow meow. But he's killed people. That's my little meow meow. <laughs> oh, 
I, I love teasing my buddy M about this, where it's like, oh, all of your best boys are basically adorable murderers. <laughs> but anyway, um, again, with the exception of one award that we'll talk about much later, I can't single out a single performance from the show because I feel it is one of the, the strongest, if not one of the strongest ensembles uh, from the past year. So kudos to the cast and crew of Akanama Drive. It is well served. All right, so Megan, will you do us the honor of announcing our first Viewer's Choice Award? Sure, our first Viewer's Choice Award is for Best Ensemble Cast. Uh, we all just gave our awards, but let's give a uh, quick roundup of who was nominated before giving you the winner. We had 86th under the direction of Urza Weiss, Akadama Drive under the direction of Brittany Lauda and Matt Shipman, Kageki Shoujo, under the direction of Marissa Linty, Alexis Tipton, Damon Mills, Mike Haimoto, Natalie Van Sistine, and Stephen Fu. Kuroko's Basketball, under the direction of Jalen K. Cassell, Koi Dow, and Courtney Stanford. Memories, under the direction of Michael Stinter-Nicholas, Stephanie Shea, Amber Lee Connors, Damon Mills, and Emily Fajardo. Uh, Mr. Otsumatsu, under the direction of Patrick Seitz and Christopher Bevins. Shadow's House, under the direction of Caitlin Glass, Sean Gann, and Emmy Lowe. Skate the Infinity, under the direction of Kyle Phillips and Christopher Wakamp. Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle, under the direction of Amberly Connors, Damon Mills, Alexis Tipton, and Howard Wang. And Wonder Egg Priority, under the direction of Christopher George. Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Tell me when it's in the chat, my eyes are closed. <laughs> and... The winner is Skate the Infinity, under the direction of Kyle Phillips and Christopher Wakamp. Yay! Whoa. At the end, I was just like machine, so I took out, so I started blasting. <laughs> was the, the fans have spoken. They love their skateboards. He I was really... the skater boy. He said, "See you <laughs> later, boy. boy." He wasn't good enough for her. Yeah, because everybody in that show is gay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Megan. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, oh, that one got me. That Thank was good. You. That was good. <laughs> all right. Yes, congrats to Skate the Infinity. Well deserved. As well as congratulations to all our other nominees. Y'all are fantastic. All right. Our next award is for Best Sound Mixing. Best Sound Mixing. The true, the true magicians the true of the MVPs. The true MVPs mm -hmm. of the industry. The mixers and the engineers. So, Andrew, will you please give the awards for best mixing for the rest of the crew, please? Certainly. Uh, starting us off, Jet's award for best sound mixing goes to Kenneth Thompson for 86. Between the constant radio chatter the characters have the clunkiness of the show's robots, and the mechanically scrambled voices of the Legion. This couldn't have been an easy show to mix, but Kenneth did a great job of making it all come together, and it really helped to enhance the dub. Patrick's award for best sound mixing goes to the mixing team on Godzilla Singular Point. The dialogue was very well balanced against the bombastic soundtrack and the loud monster mashing. <coughs> Monster mash. <laughs> monster like mash. Mm. Monster All right. Mash. 
Anyway, speaking of monster mashing, my award goes to Victor Acosta, Jose Sandoval, and Paul Klein for the case study of Vanitas. Woo! Vanitas is a fascinating beast in that it can naturally sound creepy, action-packed, and intimately sensual in a way unlike any other anime. The mixing team gets this alone for making those blood-sucking scenes sound sexy AF. Amon's pick for best sound mixing goes to Nathaniel Harrison, Neil Malley, and Gino Palencia for listeners. A show all about music deserves a high-quality sound mix, and Nathaniel, Neil, and Gino 100% deliver. Jamal's pick for best sound mixing goes to the mixing team on D4DJ First Mix. With music-based shows, you have to toe the line between integrating songs and the English dub track. The mixing crew does a very good job balancing all of that amongst the 3D CGI. And the coveted Super the Chocolate Super Special Awesome Super Editor's Choice Chocolate? Award from Jackson goes to... Jamal Roberson and Gino Palencia for SSSS Dynazenon. Bombastic toy commercial and intimate character drama shouldn't mix together this well, but they certainly do. And the sound engineers are a key part of making it all work. Remember to thank your local sound engineer wizard for all that they do. Indeed. Did you say something about chocolate? Mm-hmm. Mm, chocolate. I was, I was trying to make a Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged reference where it's like a super duper chocolatey fudge-coated super special awesome. Okay. We'll, we'll go it with it. It sounded better in my head and then my tongues got tied. <laughs> Andrew has two tongues. No wonder he's so good at eating taco. hey Well. You walked into that. Actually, I read a dojin like that once. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, really? Yeah. Babe! Ha ha, Dorito Show Taco from Taco Bell. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Before this this heathen says anything else about dojins, Megan, will you please give us your winners for best sound mixing, please? We've, we, we've purposely trained Andrew wrong as a joke. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I believe uh, first, that means I'm winning. <laughs> Shit. That's a lot of nuts! So I'm five dollars! <laughs> Do you want fries with that? <laughs> he just I left! The with the nuts! I liked yeah. the pause before that came in. <laughs> please, please watch Kung Pao into the fist. It's fantastic. It will change your life. <laughs> I, I hope, I hope they have watched these. <laughs> anyway, Megan. Okay. <clears throat> uh, my first award goes to Memories, and this is for the collective effort it took to dub three different short films at two different studios, as well as bringing it to an HD audience. So definitely want to give a shout out to its production team. Uh, for one, upgrading the footage uh, and all that comes with it. So huge shout out to Justin Savakis, uh, Logan, whose last name I can't pronounce. Rebholtz, I believe. Rebholtz? Yeah. Logan Rebholtz and uh, Brady Hartel, but also to the sound teams over at NYEV Post, Oscar Garcia, uh, Michael Sigurd-Nicholas, Stephanie Shea, 
as well as the team over at Sound Cadence, Howard Wang, Natalie Van Sistine, Patrick Morphy, uh, and Alyssa Dumas. Both you guys, both teams did an amazing job bringing this to a 2021 audience. Uh, and it should be commended how well they put the sound mixing together for this movie. As well as, again, uh, just the overall production. If I had to say there was, like, the number one, just a pure production standpoint alone, like, no acting, no writing, just sound and visuals, I think Discotech knocked it out of the park. My other sound mixing award goes to Kenneth Thompson for 86, to which I have to say, uh... 86 to me for a new dub of 20, a new show of 2021 and a dub of 2021. Uh, 86's sound direction as an overall show is impeccable. Uh, it is so good that it made me want to vomit twice. Um, Jesus, okay. That's a description. Yeah. That's a, that's a happy note from Megan. Oh my god, please don't vomit from a show. Well, no, the thing is that it's made, it's gotta sound graphic. And it's gotta sound horrifying. And... There's a, like, uh, Jet said, you have the radio comms, you have the voice of the Legion, uh, making sure that the audio balanced well with the impeccable soundtrack of Harry and Solano. Uh, yeah, no, this show did its job. Okay. And, and making me feel the horrors of war through my screen made me want to puke, so that's a good thing. If that's the gauge we're going with, okay, we'll go with it. I mean, look, a comedy that's wants to make you- a really good gauge. Yeah. A comedy, a comedy makes me want to laugh so hard that I'm like in physical pain and crying. Right. A love story makes me want to feel all mushy and gushy. And a in a war show about the horrors of sending teenagers to, to war and racism should make me want to vomit. It did make sense. <laughs> you know, I, I normal like things for people to use as descriptors. The bag it's full. It did the assignment. Yeah, my airplane bag looks like somebody who just went to a Joe Rogan set. Oh! Wait, wait. Are you referring to Fear Factor or his actual stand-up? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because both apply. Oh, shit. Well said. Well said. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm done. That was good. (laughs) All right, Hardy. Someone's going to be mad at me in the comments. And to that, I say, fuck you. Whoops. (laughs) I apologize for nothing. (laughs) I apologize for nothing. Hardy, will you please give us your winners for best sound mixing, please? I would love to. Actually, um, this is going to be a bit of a surprise, but I'm giving my first award to a show that most of you have probably completely forgotten about. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, For best sound mixing, my first one, I'm going to give it to... Let me take a breath for this one. Oh, boy. Our Last Crusade or The Rise of a New World. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. I technically owe a dub talk on that to somebody. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, it, and I I guess I did forget it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, It's As a show, it's only okay, but there are so many moments to where Emily Neves and Jason Liebrecht's characters are talking at this exact same time. And the fact that they're able to mix that in remotely, the fact that both actors had to say the same line at the same speed at the same time and make it seem uh, fluid and seamless 
that is absolutely a uh, a good job on the on the mixing team. Um, the ADR engineers. So I got a shout out to Jose Sandoval, Manuel Aragon, Matt Grounds, Victor Acosta, as well as the mix engineers Andrew Tips and Rene Coronado. Uh, it's only an okay show. It's the most okay-ish thing I probably watched last year, but the dub mixing definitely stood out to me so much so that I'm actually giving it an award. Um, but for my best mixing this year, I have to go with Megan and agree with her on memories because between two different studios, th uh, three or four technically different directors and just a, a cast that is basically just surrounded out from the world. Cause I think Philip Sacramento's from Ireland. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think, uh, if tribe night has taught me anything so far. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, the fact that they were able to put this together for a movie that has been without a dub for such a long time was just a phenomenal job. And, you know, I do also have to give shout outs to the production team, especially my man Logan, where I, because, you know, <clears throat> I can see you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, if you're listening, that. he can see you, bitch. I can. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I... um. That's that was my vote for best mixing. There were a lot of good candidates from a lot of great shows this year, but I think these two were the ones that stood out the most to me. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. So, you know me, I tend to be impressed with shows that have mixing involving like gnarly noises for like demons and monsters and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, if what I I gave Hanako an award for that last year, I believe. So, knowing me, <laughs> I have to give one of my best sound mixing awards to the team of Alyssa Dumas, uh, Afshar Karat, Kar Karat, I apologize if I, if I mispronounce your name, sir, uh, Natalie Van Sistine and Patrick Morphy for the dub of Gleipnir, because holy mother of God, there's a lot going on with it, a lot of fi filters and mixing and weird, crazy-ass screams and noises and things like that. And I thought that the mixing on that dub was handled very, very, very well, and I enjoyed it a lot. And then my other award, in probably one of the more emotional and strong narrative series for this year, to me, um, with an integration of music and fights and just a lot of craziness, and especially because... This is a, I rarely, rarely when it comes to W Awards, I give awards to sequel shows. Um, and this is a case where the licensing of this one was very interesting, but how it ended up being handled was great. And the mixing on top of that, just beautiful. I have to give it to the team of Alyssa Dumas and Gino Palencia for Megalobox 2 Nomad. Because the mixing on that is just stupendous. It's so beautiful and breathtaking and just you feel every hit you feel every emotional beat throughout the course of that show so i have to give kudos to Alyssa and gino for the engineer and mix team for that show so all right our next award we're gonna get back to some performance awards starting with the best supporting performance in a comedy 
Har har. Thank you. Uh, Andrew, will you please give us the winners for the other host for best supporting performance in a comedy? Our matey. Um, so, starting us off, Jet's pick for best supporting performance in a comedy goes to Keith Silverstein for Mr. Osumatsu. Keith Silverstein is in so many things, it can get pretty easy to take him for granted but his iami is a good example of why he keeps getting so much work he's great in making this guy come off as a conniving weasel and added on just enough ham that he almost never failed to make me laugh patrick's pick for best supporting performance in a comedy goes to totoko aka cassandra lee morris for mr osumatsu this dub was magical, and Cassandra Morris was sort of a critical backbone in a lot of the show's humor. What was the damn line in the Mario Kart episode that Cassandra Morris had? It was something about four, you fucking need to wear foreskin. It was a trip. Her entire performance was a goddamn trip. It's a f- Anyways. Oh, it's a monster song with a fever dream. Yes. I'm going to break convention slightly and yeah, okay. go for my award for best supporting performance in a comedy. Because it's Kyle McCarley for Mr. Osumatsu. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> All of the Matsu boys are a trip, but nothing, nothing in this world prepared me for Kyle McCarley's Ichimatsu asking an unsuspecting couple if they knew what Vor was. <laughs> I gotta say, guys, guys, yes, that was a lot to swallow, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, god. Do you think he ate up his performance time? Oh, my oh, God. oh, he he chewed it all for all to see. Oh, Ichimatsu is my favorite. And Gigi's pick for best supporting performance in a comedy goes to David Wald for Skate the Infinity. Amon's pick for best supporting performance in a comedy goes to Ben Pronsky in The Night is Short Walk On Girl. <laughs> yes! Johnny! 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 Johnny. I can't believe we have Johnny in English now. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to try and read this whole title. <clears throat> oh, no. Jamal's pick for best supporting performance in the comedy goes to Natalie Von Sistine for Full Dive. This ultimate next-gen Full Dive RPG is even shittier than real life. Bravo. tight. Have a cookie. If you had told me Riona was voiced by Amber Lee Connors, I would have believed you. Natalie provides charm, spunk, and boss lady energy to this character while maintaining a very distinct voice. Basically, she is the Lilith to Amber Ers Morgan. And the critically acclaimed five-time Grammy winning <laughs> nominee for the for the editor's choice pick from Jackson the man himself. <laughs> I love how this is progressing. His choice for best supporting performance in the comedy goes to Brittany Karbowski in Gleepnir. You're going to have to work with me on this. I watched almost no straight comedies this year, but Brittany gave me some of my biggest, hardest laughs, both in the one-liner she delivered and watching from afar as she pushed the envelope to new, absurdly dark heights. I, 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 I will go with that. Okay. Oh, hi, Ash. Has he unleashed his fury upon the poop sands? No, he's just not yet. We have been not yet. Up. He had some food. <laughs> give, give, her, it, give, give or give or take little, another hour of recording. Give it a little bit. 
Shinya, no, right. please stop. <laughs> She's at my door wanting out, and I'm like, I can't get up right now. Baby, mommy's busy. <laughs> mommy's doing stuff, and besides, you'll walk back in in a bit anyway. Alright, so now that we have the other host's best supporting performance in a comedy, Megan, would you please give us your awards for best supporting performance in a comedy? Ahem. First of all, I would like to open this uh, procession with one word. She. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Keith Silverstein stole one of my awards. And for the longest time, I actually had a hard time picking people for comedy. Because I feel like Jackson was like, I didn't watch a lot of comedies. And then Patrick had to remind me, you watched Mr. Osamatsu this year. Yeah, we did watch Osamatsu. Yeah, that was an episode you were on, dumbass. Uh, Surprise, bitch! I could have picked anybody for this, but the more that I thought about it, the more that I realized that Keith Silverstein stole the show as uh, Iyami. He is such a piece of shit. <laughs> such an asshole. Keith, Keith plays Iyami with the charisma of a guy who thinks he's won an Oscar, but instead has fished a golden rapper... Out of, like, Kim Kardashian's trash. Okay. <laughs> wow. That is a description, and it works. Like, he plays Iyami like Iyami is the coolest man in school, when in reality, Iyami looks like he got hit in the face by a horse. Yeah. Um, and I think that he, like, I think uh, everybody said before, he plays three different characters in this show. Yeah, he But does. to me, Iyami is such the strongest one. Because he is such a, a wonder, Keith does such a wonderful job playing this big piece of shit. <laughs> like, that is the guy going up to the mound of poop in Jurassic Park and going, that's a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's Ayami's character. But the one thing that isn't shit about Ayami is Keith's performance. Woohoo! Uh, my second, my second best comedy award Goes to poor, poor, poor himbo. <laughs> King yeah. Twilight from Sleepy Princess and the Demon Castle, King played by Alejandra Saab. King Twilight. Oh, King Twilight. You poor, poor bastard. King Twilight is like, what if that 16-year-old dude in school who thinks he's cool, but he actually isn't, gets paired up with the psychotic hot chick? Oh my god! And Alejandro gives him such this dorky energy to him. Like, I think one of my favorite moments in the whole show for him is when he tries to explain what people do at sleepovers. Yes! And just the squeaks in his voice as it's like, Oh no, I might have to do the dirty dance. That, I think the, the explanation of sleepovers is what you gave me for, um your choice, if I remember right. Yes! Oh, no, I've soiled it. I've soiled I've it. Soiled it! <laughs> like Spongebob. Soiled it! Um, but the, la the one thing that uh, he did not do was soil this performance. Alejandro was such a treat in Demon and Sleepy Princess. He definitely, I think, brought the, the high energy to bounce off of Kira's low energy so well and i really hope alejandro gets to play another character like this uh please let alejandro sob voice more himbos agreed 
Alright, Megan, thank you for your wonderful, wonderful awards. Hardy, will you give us your winners for Best Supporting Performance in a Comedy? I would love to. Um, my first choice actually is not because this character is particularly funny, but because of the way that he plays off the leads who are hilarious. Mm -hmm. I would like to give my lead supporting performance to Chris Sabat in Wave Listen to Me. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because he just plays this laid back, just, uh, you know, super chill station manager who um, he sort of is the straight man to to uh, Terry Doty's um, character. And uh, he just has this suaveness like, you know, yeah. I took your audio while you were drunk in a bar ranting and put it on the air. You know, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so it begins. It's, yeah. No, he's just, he, he's, he's funny, but in sort of a like nonchalant, very dry sense of humor, yeah. which, you know, we give, we have credit to all the, um, um, the really hyperactive, uh, crazed, uh, characters in comedies. We don't give so much uh, a claim to just you know the laid back dry sense of humor just sort of chill make an occasional quip every now and then and just hey you know sucks to be you you know it makes good for good radio though <laughs> yeah shit sucks yeah. I'm putting that on my TikTok yeah yeah no I, I think a lot of people missed out on on Wave Listens to Me's dub and it's, then a, it's a good one it's a really mm -hmm. good one they need really to go good go back and check it out so but for my best supporting performance i think everyone is going to have their own ind favorite individual character in the demon castle mm -hmm. yes because there are so many good ones you could have picked alejandro as the demon kid you could have picked um what was it stephen foo or, or was it howard who played the uh, the necromancer the priest that's mike Haimoto. that's mike Haimoto. mike Haimoto, yeah you could have picked them. You could have picked the Quid Quilladillo. Uh, just Quilladillo has my heart. Yes, Rico is <laughs> because he, he also voices your best boy in Fire Emblem. Yeah, I love you, Ben yeah. Lovely. Yeah, Rico is the crazy zombie, etc., etc., etc. But who I'm giving it my award to is for the one character in the show who probably has at least a si a second brain cell among <laughs> the castle. The poor, long-suffering, uh, red Siberian husky. Yes! J. Michael Tatum. Yeah! He's basically Tinya Ida as a werewolf. Yeah, he kind of is. Mm -hmm. It's great. Yeah, just the way he tries to keep sane, at least. He, he's the most sane among them, and yet when he breaks, it's just phenomenal. So. But I'm a dog. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's who I picked. All right, so my award winners for best supporting performance in a comedy. Um, can we return to the himbo energy for a sec? <laughs> this is a himbo. This is a himbo accepted palace. Yes, because <laughs> I'm sorry, Alejandro's sub as Twilight and Sleepy Prince in the Demon Castle it just just gives me life right now. <laughs> like it's so fun. Like he's he's doing his best. To try and rule the castle, but when you have a, a little, she's not really a gremlin. Like you, when you have a, a captive like Kira Buckland's princess, she is a hellspawn. She is a hellspawn who just wants a nap. That's it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> you have Twilight. <laughs> like, it's so fun and energetic and just so wonderful. He has some great one-liners. The The cast of the show has some fantastic one-liners, but I think Alejandro usually has the majority of them. And he, they're just so good and so much fun. I love Himbo Prince T- King Twilight here. It's great. As for my other award winner, y'all, I told you I was going to get back to David Walls for Skate the Infinity. Ah! I was going to get back to David Walls for Skate the Infinity. I considered him for Golden Ham. I actually did. But when I sat and thought about it a bit more, I was like, I really think he was one of the better supporting performances for comedic shows this year. You know what I mean? Because Adam is just like boisterous and flashy he's just a complete showman as adam but then you have his real life persona too and even that has a bit of like snark and sass to him he's like ah yes we'll take care of it very nicely in that wonderful tone that david always gives being a snarky sassy bitch (laughs) and like i just couldn't give it to anybody else aside from david well i gave it to alejandro too (laughs) but But Adam is just the showman, and it had so much fun and flair to him that I just could not, could not give it to anybody else aside from Mel Hunter. <laughs> but no, I really loved his performance in um, Skate the Infinity, and it was great. Mm-hmm. All right. We've talked about the comedies. Let's talk about the drama. Our next award is Best Supporting Performance in a Drama. As Andrew gets back here, (laughs) and the cat follows. Run! (laughs) All right, Andrew. Will you please give us the winners from the other hosts for Best Supporting Performance in a Drama? Certainly. Jet's pick for Best Supporting Performance in a Drama goes to Ben Diskin for Kuriko's Basketball. There were many performances I could have given this one to, even just within Kuriko itself, but I really dug Ben's Almine. While Junichi Suwabe was no slouch in Japanese, there were many points where he sounded a little too old for a teenager, and Ben manages to make Almine sound a lot younger while still maintaining some of Junichi Suwabe's signature suaveness and shows his dramatic chops in handling the ups and downs of Almine's arc. It's a great demonstration of Ben's range as an actor. Patrick's pick for Best Supporting Performance in the Comedy goes to Siddhartha Manas for Sunny Boy. It was a fun performance for most of the show's run, but then episode 11 happened and a fun performance became a fantastic one. Gigi's pick for best supporting performance in a drama goes to Aaron Roberts for A3 season spring and summer. My pick for best supporting performance in a drama goes to Anaris Quinonez for Wonder Egg Priority. Anaris is an actress who's already had a fantastic year. But to me, Rika Kawai is the most challenging character she's played all year. And she had so much she had to get right, and she nails it. The drama, the snarkiness, the anguish, and the action-packed badassery. Rika Kawai's way more than just a cutie. She's my winner for best supporting performance in a drama. I thought you were going to do the, like, the five T's of dodgeball right there. Jamal's pick for Best Supporting Performance in a Drama goes to Mark Allen Jr. for Remain. Mark's performance as Joe Jojima is a breath of fresh air and a backup driving force behind the show's 
main storyline. Also, if you told me before that this was Mark, I'd call you a goddamn liar, but he was indeed very impressive. Amon's pick for best supporting performance in the drama goes to David Matrenga in Gleepnir. Gleepnir is already a show designed to make your skin crawl, so it's really a testament to David's performance that he's by far the creepiest thing in this show. Makes your blood run cold and your heart drop in your chest. And finally, the winner of the coveted, critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV free trial includes the entirety of A Realm Reborn and the award-winning Heavensward expansion up to level 60 with no restrictions on playtime, Editor's Choice Award from Jackson. <laughs> For best supporting performance in the drama goes to Chris Guerrero in Megalobox 2 Nomad. A Megalobox sequel was a huge gamble, but Chris Guerrero's performance shows that it was absolutely worth it. As Chief, he provides the emotional core for the whole season, and that's not even touching on his beautiful Spanish singing voice. God, I cannot believe I did that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a fucking swig. Alright, Megan, will you please give us your award winners for best supporting performance in a drama? So my first award for best supporting in a drama, and this one I will say that this is a golden silver one, no offense. Uh is going to go to Tia Ballard as Mizuho in Sunny Boy. Mm. I think that this is probably one of my favorite Tia performances. It was, it reminded me a little bit of her, like, it reminded me a little bit of a lot of her other performances, but this grounded sense of depression and longing in Mizuho's character is so fucking good. And especially when a lot of the school seems against her in that anguish in her voice I think that she carried a lot of the half of the emotional heart of the show with Lucy Christian as Nozomi I think that she nailed Mizuho's snark and sarcasm extremely well there were points where I, I genuinely couldn't believe that this was Tia Ballard it actually took me a minute to realize who it was and I think that along with Derek Snow's performance, she was able to bounce off of everyone so well and be this kind of chameleon in her performance because that's what the character called for. And I think when she had to get down into the emotional grittiness of things, she was so excellent in it. Uh, so Tia gets one of my awards. And my other one, if you follow me on Twitter, you will 100% know that I had one performance of the year that might as well be my favorite overall vocal performance of the year. And this goes beyond lead actor. Uh, my other one, without a doubt, since I heard it, was for Casey Mangelo as Theo Recca in 86. Casey's performance is so raw at points. And the ending of episode three is to be heard. It is one of the most powerful performances of the year. And to play a character that is so multifaceted and going through so many horrible things and having to realize the way of the world. Casey carries Theo's fragile heart so fucking well in their performance. And I'm so glad that Casey got the opportunity to play this character because I think that a, I don't think anybody else could be Theo to me. Like, to me, Casey is Theo. 
And there's no separating that for me. Um, such a good fucking performance. If you haven't gotten, if you haven't gotten to watch 86 and hear Casey's performance, uh, do yourself a favor and watch 86 because it's so good. I've been steadily making my way through it. I haven't gotten too far in it, but I did watch episode three and I can wholeheartedly agree with that. Just that whole scene of, that whole scene of Theo just yelling at, uh, oh God, what the fuck is her name? Uh, you're talking about Lena. Yeah, him just yelling at Lena and then realizing that he's doing the exact same shitty thing over Jenny Oboraki's character's death is just like, fuck, man, that hits so good. Was that the clip you gave me for viewers? Yes! Okay. I need a little context. Yeah, I, I, was, I refuse to give any, any, any other clip for Theo. <laughs> That's fair. Even I watched that clip and I haven't seen 86 and that hits hard. Oh yeah, that whole show hits like a fucking uh freight train. Like a, yeah, I would say like a semi truck, but we learned this. But we learned this week that that can't do much in a protest. Oh no! Oh god! Oh boy! Party. <laughs> Here for politics, ladies and gentlemen. So Casey, to be fair, we're talking about 86. It checks. It tracks. Shit tracks. Anyway, Hardy, go ahead. All right. Hardy, will you please give us your winners for best supporting performance in a drama? Uh, Sure. This one was actually really, really difficult to uh, pick out because there were so many good performances um, from so many many different supporting actors. Mm -hmm. I think when we were putting together things for the fan vote, Everyone had like supporting performances. Had there was the like most... fifty nine or something. Yeah, th- that one was the most diverse of all of the nominations. Oh, yeah. like <laughs> there was a lot. <laughs> you okay? No, we're both good. Yeah, we're good. That was a fake noise. It was it was fake vomiting because <laughs> so many. Yeah, but anyways, um, two of the ones. One of the ones that snuck up on me is from a show I still have yet to finish, actually. Okay. And that is for Max Middleman and Vivi Florida Isol. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because he plays this obnoxious little dude. This could also almost go under a comedy if Vivi wasn't such a, uh, a dramatic show. Yep. Because he is the snark to Vivi's straight man. And the the way that he plays this this obnoxious little teddy bear is so endearing because you just want to strangle him at the same time you know he's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's Matsumoto's like, a little shit, but we love him. It, Matsumoto is the case of the worst person you know just made a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's 100% Matsumoto right there. Yeah. And so, yeah, just the way Max plays him is just... Snuck up. I still need to go back and actually finish the show, but I was really, really impressed by this performance in particular. The moment that I heard Chief's voice, I knew that this. I had to get give this one to Chris Carrera from Megalobox. Um, I think one of our friends said it's basically Chris's voice from Helsing Ultimate. Oh my God! No, for Helsing Abridged. God, yeah. <laughs> like, I forgot okay. who he was in Helsing Ultimate, though. It was Helsing Ultimate Abridged. Yeah. It is a very similar voice 
for for Maxwell, I believe. Enrico Maxwell. It's oh, I was like, who did he voice in the abridged? I didn't want to bring it up because Sheep oh, is such a dramatic, empathetic, right. and truly like like fascinating, touching character, and mm. bringing it up in the same sentence as his Enrico fucking Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's a no, but no, he just. He gives Chief this sort of warmth and depth to him because we've got this guy, they admit in the show itself, I'm not taking taking this out of context, he's built like a bear. He yeah. is He's yeah, massive. He is. But, I mean, the biggest muscle that he's got is his heart because he's fighting for his mm-hmm. people. He's fighting for his community. Mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't stay in the show long, but the impact that he makes hits harder than a, a punch to the face. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my choice for uh, best supporting performance in a drama. It leaves a lasting welt mm-hmm. on your face. That's for sure. That it, on your heart and your face. Yep. And maybe a little internal bleeding. Yeah. yeah a little, and a couple a couple lost teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Broken maybe a broken too. rib. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right my turn so my best support perform wow my best supporting performance in a drama (sighs) to be real i'm gonna get the obvious one out of the way because we all know i am obsessed with the show currently (sighs) so teo devaney moriarty the patriot (laughs) right he manages for the first time he's doing an an anime voiceover role like and with a very iconic character such as sherlock holmes he has he nails the nuances of the character he nails the personality of the character the well-known characteristics of sherlock holmes but he also makes it his own and it's a fun freaking delight to see uh teo pull this off and i'm very excited for season two and to see what else happens there but oh sweet baby Jesus, <laughs> snarky sassy little bitch, <laughs> and I love it. Um, and and Sherlock obviously isn't without his faults because he's obsessed with um, solving crimes and just not being bored. <laughs> so he throws himself into solving crimes, and you can see that, and it's just portrayed very very well. So that's the obvious one, right? My other winner for best supporting performance in the drama. This one came actually rather early on for the year, and it left a strong impression that I potentially had this person, both for this category, um, as well as underrated performance. And I was like, if I didn't give it to this person in one category, they sure as hell were going to get in the other. And the argument was also made for me with Erica Schroeder. So these two were kind of interchangeable. But when I sat down and thought about it, when I was finalizing these, I could not, I just couldn't not give this award to Kieran Strange in Mars Red. Hell yeah. Jack, represent. Hell yeah. So. The British are coming. So much. Kieran Strange's defraught is very calming, very noble. Um, but also very Shakespearean and it has a lot of passion and emotionality to it. And it just, 
it is a phenomenal supporting performance and it's probably the for me the highlight of the Mars Red dub that and um, probably either Zach Aguilar well no for the main team like Zach Aguilar um, Chris Guerrero and fucking Brian Massey but Kieran was one of if not the highlight of the supporting cast for this show and I can't wait to watch, finally fucking watch Requiem for the Rose King. I am excited to hear this. I, I'm so excited, especially because this is fucking Shakespeare we're dealing with here. And we all know how I feel about Shakespeare. Um, so kudos to Karen. Shakespeare, uh, but way gayer. I know. <laughs> so I couldn't give this award to anybody else aside from Kieran and Teo. So congratulations to the two of them. Before we move on to more performance awards, it is time for another Viewer's Choice Award. Hardy, good sir, mm -hmm. would you be willing to uh, read us the nominees for this next award? I would love to. Here are your nominees for Viewer's Choice Best Supporting Actor. Or your nominees, rather. Sean Chiplock, Tokyo Revengers. Jordan Dash Cruz, Shadow House. Theo Devaney, Moriarty the Patriot. Chris Guerrero, Megalobox 2, Nomad. Casey Mongillo, 86. Anaris Quinones, Wonder Egg Priority. Alejandro Saab, Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. Karen Strange, Mars Red. Keiji Tang, Jujutsu Kaisen. And David Wald for Skate the Infinity. And your winner is... <laughs> David Wald for Skate the Infinity. Yay! Congrats, Dad. So all, all I can imagine is just Adam walking up to a podium like in the movie The Mask, just going, You love me! You really, really love me! <laughs> then skating off with uh, Tadashi on a leash. Um, yes! No, he's just skating on Tadashi. <laughs> Tadashi's on like four tiny skateboards on his hands and knees. Somebody's gonna write a fanfic about that. Um, that's implying they haven't. Oh, that's true. AO3 search for four tiny skateboards and the additional tags. Anyway, yes. congratulations, congratulations David to David Wall. for his win. Hell yeah, David! Woo! Woo! All right, our next award. Probably one of my favorite awards. So, um, we gotta sacrifice some shit to Satan, guys. We're talking about. Oh boy, about my favorite Saturday acting. Night activity. <laughs> we got We're next talking about the Voice Acting Black Magic Award. This is the award where actors give unbelievably crazy performances that we think they might have had to sacrifice shit to a demon in order to accomplish. <laughs> Andrew, will you please. Will you please give us the winners for the other hosts' voice acting black magic? I can and I Jet's pick for voice acting black magic goes to Mick Wingert for Mr. Otsumatsu. Mm. He says, There's been a lot of shocking displays of vocal range from actors this year, but nothing prepared me for Mick Wingert doing a 100% convincing impression of an elderly lady as Matsuyo Matsuno, and I would have never believed it if he hadn't said so himself. Voice acting's wild, y'all. 
Sure is, Jet. Patrick's pick for voice acting Black Magic goes to Chris Guerrero in Skate the Infinity. I knew Skate was going somewhere in my batch of winners, but it took a while to land on Chris Guerrero. He gives two performances for the price of one as Shadow, and while both are certainly known to be within his wheelhouse, the rapid-fire pace he's able to switch between the two in scenes was a treat. Gigi's pick for voice acting Black Magic goes to Don Bennett for Wonder Egg Priority. My pick for voice acting Black Magic goes to Christopher Waycamp for Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. <laughs> It is always a treat seeing an actor you know pretty well pull off a voice that's unlike anything you've ever heard from them. It is the perfect Saturday morning cartoon evil villain voice that I cannot believe was him. It's like if Starscreen and Skeletor did the fusion dance. <laughs> God, another fusion dance happening. Love it. So, this is one I'm not sure how to do, but I'm gonna read it anyways. Amon's choice for voice acting Black Magic is not applicable. We, and he left a little note for this one. Amon is too bad is too garbage at recognizing people's voices to have a real winner for this award this year, so he'll just cheap out and just give it to David Mills for continuing excellence in never using the same voice twice. We, Amon, we love you. I'm literally just gonna make a card that is just a picture of David Mills. Yes. You could either do J. You could also just put Cherry there too. I think that would work. You know what? I'm just gonna put Cherry there. Or 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 go wild and you know put Gandalf, considering he's a wizard. Oh yeah. <laughs> It'll be very confusing, but it works. Uh, Amon can in, explain that on Twitter. I leave that in your capable hands. <clears throat> Jamal's pick for voice acting Black Magic goes to Sarah Roach in The Day I Became a God. If you had told me Kako Kengen wasn't voiced by Lauren Landa, I would have called you a goddamn liar. Sarah provides so much tone and sex appeal in her voice that it's easy to confuse the two, though Sarah's personality and energy is distinct and shines on through. And Jackson's pick for the Editor's Choice Bigger, Longer, and Uncut Award oh goes to Justin Cook in One Piece. And he says the following. Bullshit, that's... Bullshit, that's Justin Cook. Jackson, circa 2021. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I'm trying to keep the... I keep liking... I just want to see, like... What Andrew can come up with. This is yeah, my one of them. One of them has got to be... Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, you know, it's got to be... Uh, Editor's Choice 2 Electric Boogaloo. Oh, damn. Damn, I haven't thought of that yet. <laughs> the Editor's Choice of the school for the school for ants. <laughs> All right. Editor's Choice for kids who can't read good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you got to do that one for best script writer. All right. That's got to be the best script writer one. Well, well let, let's, let him, let's let him do his thing. All right. Let's let Andrew survive. Uh, so, all right, Megan, will you give us your winners, please? Both of my answers were already said, so let's just rip this off. Uh, one of them goes for Chris Wa Christopher Waycamp for channeling Satan and Sleepy Princess. <laughs> um, bullshit that to you, Chris. I know your voice. That's not your voice. That's a lie. I don't care what Wendy said. That's a lie. 
the cake is a lie. Just like the cake in my biological father. Oh no! <laughs> I cannot believe that was you. Dude, please do it again. <laughs> but man, what the fuck, McWinger? Like, <laughs> I thought that was an actual old woman! I legitimately thought that this was some old woman they found walking around the streets of L.A. Or, like, Barbara Goodson or some shit. Like, I thought that was a woman! I thought that was a cis woman! Didn't we on the Osamatsu episode, like, didn't you have that realization when we told you who it was and you called bullshit? Yeah, I didn't even know that was a guy! They (laughs) They had to tell me! Like, everybody had to tell me that was a man. Like, a cis man. Like, what the fuck? Voice acting's yeah. wild, y'all. Like, like genuinely, In the it sounds voice. like a sick, it sounds like an 80-year-old woman. Like, not even some female, like, cis female voice actors can throw their voice that old. And make it sound believable. Like, that isn't, like, just your regular voice acting black magic. That's the next level. And this is to go oh, even, even further, further beyond. beyond. Please stop. Tits start sagging. Please stop going Super Saiyan. Going Super Saiyan Grandma means your tits sag to your knees and your bones just, <laughs> your joints just break. Oh no. Oh man, that one <laughs> Anyway, Steph, go ahead. All right, Hardy. You're I mean, Hardy, go ahead, my bad. Okay, it's my turn? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, for this list, I chose two very different performances featuring two very, very different characters. The only thing that connects them is they're both kind of a dick. Great. <laughs> love yeah. it already. Like the worst people imaginable. I love it already. What do you got? Okay. In one direction comes from the dub of Emma of Victorian Romance. Oh, my heart. Okay. Okay. Now, some of the actors were American. Some of them were naturally British. Uh, The accents varied very much in quality. Even though they had the vocal coach, there were some that were, you could tell, were kind of overacted or exaggerated. And some that were more normal. I refuse to believe. I absolutely refuse to believe mm-hmm. that Richard Jones is voiced by Joey fucking Wheeler. Yeah! <laughs> Yug! Yeah. Wayne Bro- Grayson does such a convincing British accent. It sounds like he just walked out of a... Um, Walked out of Buckingham Palace. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's, and and the way, and Richard is such an awful guy. He is. London Rage, London Rage. Yes. London Rage. rage. And the way, the way that Wayne plays him makes you just want to punch the guy in his face. Oh, I love it. I mean, it's, but I mean, it's, he's so eloquent. He's so, uh, so, he's so British. I mean, you would never expect that this is the voice of Joey Wheeler doing this spot-on British accent. It's just, if any, I have my issues with Emma as a show and with the dub as a whole. He is one of absolutely the best parts of it. I just, I, I refuse to believe. 
for this one, though, I knew it was this actor. And there's a thing. Some voice actors go use method acting. Um, some to the point where it can affect them almost psychologically if they go too deep into the role. And for that, I have to ask, is Matt Shipman okay? (laughs) Guess you could say he was seeing red. Oh, he literally, (laughs) Brittany in his booth, turned his lights on his booth red so that he could, you know, more effectively act to... His uh, to uh, Cutthroat's character and just the Shining episode. It, it oh made God, that's such a wonder... good episode. No, I have to. I has, had to ask. Like Matt is, is is he okay? Is he okay? Because he just the way he plays Cutthroat as the series continues, he just gets more and more deranged by the episode until he just absolutely loses it, and it's so terrifying and so convincing that I, I I hope that he got I hope he got to take a nap after that episode because it had to be so emotionally draining and and just ah uh, it's 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 crazy it's ooh. yeah those are my those are my black magic for this year oh my god hey Hardy yeah we kind of had a tiny bit of a mind meld happening oh really yeah. Uh, but I'll get... Uh, so, okay. My winners for voice acting Black Magic. One of them... One of them I couldn't fucking believe could pull this off. Because I only know them as one particular role. Hey, it's me, Goku. Yeah! <laughs> so, so, Sean Shemmel in Mars Red is a thing that exists. And, dear God, because... I... I've only I only I've only watched Dragon Ball Super here and there on our Toonami watches when it was airing and just I get confused and I haven't heard Sean Shemmel anything else aside from fucking Goku. So when you throw me the cast of Mars Red and you have Sean Shemmel in the lead role, it first I go the fuck <laughs> and then I hear it and then it's like bitch the fuck is this? So I have a funny story for you. <laughs> okay. Until I had watched Sunny Boy, Sean was my other underrated performance. Oh, yeah. He just got edged out. He just got edged out because Waycamp was way too good as uh, Yamabiko. Yeah, Yamabiko is really good. But no, Sean Shemmel, the fuck? (laughs) I I will say this. I prefer Mars Red over Goku any day. I will take it. Thank you. But anyway, all right. Back to the mind mill. How I described the voice acting Black Magic Award in the beginning of this segment was you basically had to, like, make sacrifices to fucking Satan and the devil in order to get these performances out of you. So I'm going to ask the simple question, is Matt Shipman really okay? (laughs) (laughs) Because, motherfucker, you terrified me. Like, okay... Majority of the time that he's cutthroat in Akudama Tribe, he's just like this, like, oh, oh, Swindler, I like you. You're really nice. I want to be near you. Like this yandere obsessive kind of guy, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get basically his climactic episode (laughs) where he goes 
full-on psychopath, The Shining, all this insanity, and he just loses it. And in that instant, I finished the episode, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And I have heard Matt in quite a few roles at this stage. He is my, my science son, Chrome, from Dr. Stone, and here I am fucking terrified. <laughs> I thought that I guess I wasn't afraid of Matt in that episode because I was too busy admiring how ugly everybody's faces was and was going, yes, yes, like that. Do you know the the meme of the guy at the windows the in the sicko shirt? Yes, that was literally yes. me through that episode, being like, oh my god, they let them be ugly. It's fun to let your anime go off model every now and then. No, it is. Like, that was great. I think the design choice there was great. But Jesus Christ, Matt Shipman, are you okay? Please so is it bad you. that unlike you, I was like, yeah, no, that's pretty believable for Matt. I haven't heard him go full psychotic before. I mean, I haven't either. I was just like, oh, okay, I'm okay with this. No, I was 100% okay with this, but I'm like... This is a terrified. This, like, terrified me, and it was so psychotic. And I'm just like, okay... That's a new level I didn't know Matt could go. But here we are, and it's amazing. <laughs> so those are my winners, Matt Shipman and Sean Schemmel. Megan, right. literally, Megan literally sits at the window just going, yes, yes. All right, so our next award is one, one of our very collective cohesive awards um, that we as a group, or primarily the OGs, um, we select a recipient for one of two awards. This one would be, of course, our Unsung Hero Award. And this year we're doing something a little bit different. So we have asked uh, one of the other hosts to uh, do a little blurb and write something up for us and announce the winner of the Unsung Hero Award. So, Patrick, if you could please take it away uh, and give us our recipient, this year's recipient for the Unsung Hero Award. Hello, I'm Patrick, a.k.a. Roots of Justice, and I'd like to welcome you to the segment of the show where we present this year's Unsung Hero Award. The Unsung Hero Award is a special designation meant to honor those who have contributed to the dubbing or overall voiceover industry in an incredibly positive way, often via means that would probably slip under the radar unless you knew where to look. Uh, this year is no different, as it is our intent to present the award posthumously to Mr. Brad Venable. Brad was a force of positivity in and out of the booth, with fellow actors recounting his incredibly warm presence, radiant smile, and helping hand. He had been involved in many dubs in both Dallas and Los Angeles, with credits ranging from One Piece to Fate Apocrypha. He was also very involved in Hollywood post-production voiceover, notably contributing to the distinctive voice to the character Venom alongside Tom Hardy. The reason he is the recipient of this year's award is his involvement in the voiceover and dubbing advocacy group CODA which pushes for higher wages and better safety standards for the ADR side of the voice acting industry. In recognition for his efforts, and the continued efforts of the CODA organization after his passing, the Dub Talk podcast is honored to present Brad Venable with the Unsung Hero Award. May he rest in peace. Congratulations, of course, to Brad Venable for the Unsung Hero Award. May you rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Thank you for all you've done, and may you rest yes. in peace, good sir. Thank you, good sir. Well, very, very well deserved. Okay. Before we jump into our lead performances, we have another uh, Viewer's Choice Award. And you know what? 
I'm going to take the lead on this one, I think. Okay. So our next Viewer's Choice W Award is for Best Returning Performance. These are performances um, that came from sequels, prequels, um, those shows that returned and they had their actors return for them. So your nominees for this year's Returning Performance are Aaron Dismuke for Dr. Stone Stone Wars, Oh, I hate this title. Lucian Dodge for yeah. Lord Emmeloy II's Case Files, Rail Zeppelin, Grace Note. Good job. First try. Gesundheit. Gesundheit. Uh, Rico Fajardo for Zombieland Saga Revenge. Jerry Jewell for Fruits Basket, The Final. Brittany Karbowski for That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Tony Oliver for Loop on the Third, The First. Griffin Puatu for Beastars. Laura Stahl for Welcome to Demon School, Iramakun. KG Tang for Megalobox 2 Nomad, and Jeannie Tirado for My Next Life as a Villainous, All Routes Lead to Doom X. And the winner of the, w the Viewer's Choice W War for Best Returning Performance is... <laughs> the winner of your um, 2021 Viewer's Choice W War for Best Returning Performance is to Jerry Jewel for Fruits Fast in the Final. Final and Jerry Jewel is Kiyosama. Heck yeah! 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 <laughs> Megan is so happy right now. I love Fruits Basket! But yeah, congratulations. Congratulations to Jerry for a very well deserved win. And to Fruits Basket too. <laughs> yeah! For, for being nominated so three fucking years in a row. We finally got one, boys! I'm not allowed to be biased when the votes are going on. I'm allowed to be biased here. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, as a general rule during viewer's choice, we are we don't be biased during the voting period, but after the fact. I'm allowed to be fucking biased now, we bitch. After the fact, it's fine. Anyway, our next award. Speaking of leading performances similar to Jerry Jewel, why don't we talk about our best lead performances in a comedy? Andrew, will you please kick us off with the other host winners for lead performance in comedy, please? Why, certainly. Starting us off, uh, Jet's winner for best lead performance in the comedy goes to Billy Kometz in Mr. Osumatsu. He says, I could have picked almost any of the actors for the Matsu boys, but Billy in particular was a real treat. Not just because he was really funny but also because his performance did a lot to make me like Otsumatsu more as a character and managed to outpace Takahiro Sakurai's take when it comes to radiating sheer dude bro in its worst and funniest way possible. Billy's a riot, and I hope more folks check out the Otsumatsu dub. Patrick's pick for best lead performance in the comedy goes to Shannon McCormick in Back Arrow. Back Arrow is such a goofball, and Shannon plays him with such an overabundance of energy and exuberance. Can I make a joke about that really quick? Sure. Congratulations to Patton Oswalt for support! Oh my god. <laughs> that is a joke for Andrew and Andrew only. The context is that literally every time I watch the double back arrow, I think Shannon McCormick sounds scarily like Patton Oswalt. Seriously? Seriously. Oh my god, that's amazing. Anyway, moving on. Gigi's pick for best lead performance in the comedy goes to Zeno Robinson in Kuriko's Basketball. 
My pick for best lead performance in a comedy goes to Alejandro Saab for Horamia. Alejandro has had a really strong year in general, but to me, his Miyamura is not only funny, it's also charming, heartwarming, and extremely tender all at once. Honestly, this may be the best performance of his career. And man, is that a tie bar to clear. It really was egg day. <laughs> it's egg time. It's egg time. Egg time. Amon's pick for best lead performance in a comedy goes to... Kellen Goff in The Night is Short, Walk On Girl. I can't believe they tricked someone into saying all that dialogue at that speed in front of a microphone, and not only did it turn out well, it turned out great. A borderline example of making the impossible possible, Kellen should be proud. Jamal's pick for best lead performance in the comedy goes to... Brendan Blaber in Combatants Will Be Dispatched. It, this is in all caps, by the way. From the man who brought you Lady Buttfloss. <laughs> Brendan's tempo, wit, and comedic timing made the Combatants dub a delight to watch. He never missed a beat. And Jackson's pick for the Editor's Choice 2 Electric Boogaloo <laughs> Award goes to Stephen Fu in Memories. He says, Gosh, what a weenie. It's darkly funny watching Steven bumble through this comedy of dangerous errors. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Thank you, sweetie. All right, Megan, can you give us your winners for best lead performance in a comedy? <clears throat> My first winner for best lead performance in a comedy goes to a man who at one point had to act out eating so much spicy food that the people on Hot Ones would sweat and there weren't even in the room. Cool. Okay. That goes to Mr. Kellen Goff for the oh. Night is Short Walk On Girl <laughs> as Senpai. He is absolutely hysterical as this bumbling guy who just so desperately wants to touch a girl's hand. All he wants to do is hang out with the, red the girl in the red dress. And he goes through a lot of shit. Like having ice cream thrown on his dick. Eating spicy food. I think literally going up against alcohol Satan at one point. Uh, and going over his own internal desires of horny. Kellen. Yeah. Kellen was such a great time in this dub. And I was so surprised that it was him because you usually don't get to associate Kellen mm -hmm. with these with like the human amalgamation of like spaghetti noodles thrown together that has a boner <laughs> oh, oh that's a description but not an inaccurate one no it's not literally he's he's literally animated by masaki was in the show it's like asking an acid trip to go to go get you a bud light yeah um and it's from the creators of tatami galaxy too already so yeah an acid trip of booze um yes. And I love the fact that he got to play this character because so many people associate Kellen with, like, dark characters and monsters and deep-voiced villains that he got to play outside of his box and he did it so well. And I loved it so much. My second best comedy lead, and I almost made this a duo, so I'm sorry to the other half of this couple. Please don't kill me that I didn't give both of you this award, but you can share the second part of- You know what? Fuck it! If Hardy can do a duo, I can do a duo too. 
They're sharing it. Fuck the rules. I make the rules now. This is my city, bitch. No, it's not. Can I please just do this? Yes, that's fine. Yay! It's There's recovered Chapin and Kristen McGuire and the Duke of Death and his maid. They were so cute together. He's so dorky. She's so dorky, but at least compensating for it. They're so cute together. Like, I loved the fact that they got an actual couple to play these two characters. Alice in the Duke's performance and Chris Chris and Cliff's performance are so good together that it's like, do not separate. It's like a magnet. You can't separate the magnet because we don't know how they work. That's what the Juggalos told me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So yeah, Chris and Cliff can share this award. You're only allowed the one, that's it. <laughs> I'll take my one shot, I swear to God, I won't ever do it again. Yeah, yeah. That's like getting <sighs> saved by Spider-Man. Everyone gets one. <laughs> yeah, next time- Yeah, my punch card for Saved by Marvel Heroes has- Oh man! Plus, I, I got had the my Punisher one last next. year where I, where I gave a bronze to fucking Adam Rowe even though I awarded him a few years prior. Oh anyway. no, I'm giving them both the award. They're going both on the card. I don't care what you say. It's my award, damn it! <laughs> Alright, Arnie, will you please give us your winners for best lead in a comedy? Yes. So, some of my awards were came right down to the wire this year. Um, mm-hmm. These two I knew as soon as I heard them. And so I've had them nominated since since the shows came out, probably actually before 2021 actually ended. As soon as mm. they were, no, before, yeah, before 21 started, actually. No, as soon as these dubs came out, I had these chosen. And so for my best lead performance, there are so many, so many good nominations that I could have gone with. But for my first one, I just haven't had to give it to the girl who just wants some goddamn sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And so it goes to Kira Buckland in Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle for her evil, her, her chaotic, evil, gremlin, hellspawn child who just wants to take a nap. Because she is so, (laughs) she's so methodical and, 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 uh, and devious and, it sounds like this cute, the cutest little girl, but I mean, with the, the, the with the blackest heart you can think of. But for my first choice, there was no doubt. After hearing this uh, person's performance and the way that they were able to ramble on seemingly in- endlessly, without pause, without stopping, just constantly able to 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 shout and and ramble and and just with no end at stop it had to have been just hell directing this and my choice is terry doty for wave listen to me ah yeah yeah because uh, if you've watched any of her rants it's like she she hits the floor running and does not stop and it's it's just super impressive watching how she's able to keep that momentum going throughout the entire series. So that's that's it for me. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, Terry's... A... Y'all, if you haven't seen Wave Listen to Me, please go watch it. It's really good. It's really good. Terry's phenomenal. Okay, my turn. My two winners for Best Sleep Performance in a Comedy. Can I just say, Kellen Goff has had a really good year. Yeah, he has. 
Like, because we have Akudama, we have a bunch of other things that he's been doing, including fucking, we're gonna go video games for a hot second, you have Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach as well. Like, he has said on Twitter that he can now do voice acting full time, to which, congrats Congratulations. To, you, to you, sir, that you're able to do that. That's just living the dream now. But... When I saw the, the dub for Night is Short, Walk On, Girl, when I was preparing to do Summer at the Movies with Amon this year, it was such a fun performance. Energetic, bombastic, just like off the wall for this senpai who just wants to have a girlfriend. And as for not only his first romantic lead, but also his first, like, really big lead and this is the like Megan said this is where he started breaking away from the darker characters like your overhaul was like, wasn't this his first lead performance I believe so like if you if you don't really count hoodlum as a lead because that's a huge larger group then this would be like really like his first lead and now look at him he's this, being this, and now look at him he's being gay I know I'm excited for Sasuke Miyana uh, but no, Kellen was just so phenomenal in Night is Short. Definitely one of my favorite comedic performances of the year, 100%. Huh. My other favorite lead performance in a comedy. My sense of humor is really twisted. I love dark comedies. I don't mind dry humor. Self-deprecating humor, depending on the subject, hits really nicely for me. When you have this poor man who has to do children's TV programming oh every fucking day of his life and just slowly dies on the inside while doing it. Not because of the kid. He does it for the kids. Not because of the kids, but because of everything else. You have Adam Gibbs as Uramichi in Life Lessons with Uramichi Onisan. Because holy mother of God, this humor is my brand of humor and Adam just is the main thing that carries it. It's not to say that both um, Brandon McInnes and Jessica Calvello aren't great because they're phenomenal too. Um, but Adam just carries it the whole way through because he's the one who has like the self-deprecating humor and it works very well for me in the dark humor this it, it, this is the humor that hits Steph really nicely and Adam was just so phenomenal I loved every fucking second of it um this poor man please give this man a break <laughs> for Urmichi um moving on so our next award we already talked about the lead performances in comedy of course let's talk about the best lead performances in a drama Andrew, will you please kick us off with the other host winners, please? Starting us off, uh, Jet's winner for best lead performance in the drama goes to David Wald for Vinland Saga. Between this, Adam from Skate, and Daigo from Dororo, it was a highlight year for David Wald as an actor in general. But this role in particular really demonstrates his dramatic chops as he plays a man who is at various points a lovable rogue a ruthless pirate, a loyal retainer, and a rough father figure, and pulls off all of it without missing a beat. If you need proof David Walt's one of the best actors in the anime dubbing business, this is it. 
Patrick's choice for best lead performance in a drama is also David Wald in Vinland Saga. David Wald does a wonderful job as Ashlod in Equal Spades, a monster and incredibly human character all in the same breath. Gigi's pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Brandon McGinnis for The Gymnastics Samurai. My pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Macy Ann Johnson for Akudama Drive. God, I was so torn between this and Michaela Krantz in Wonder Egg Priority, but just barely does Macy swindle this one away. God damn it. Ba -ba 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 -ba. A fascinating developing character whose performance evolved alongside her, giving Macy one legendary performance. Amon's pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Mark Swint in Memories. Mark has to be the emotional center of Magnetic Rose and he pulls it off with aplomb, always playing Heinz just right from his reserved beginnings to his harrowing climax. An excellent performance for a role that needs one to work. Jamal's pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Afia Yu in Higurashi When They Cry, Go and Sotsu. Afia's performance as Rika Furude was so intense, I may have felt my heart skip a beat during the darker moments, to say the least. If you know, you know. Oh, I know. I know, Jamal. And I agree with that. And finally, Jackson's. <laughs> Editor's Choice Super Mega Fudge Chocolatey Coated Fudge Super Special Awesome Award goes to <laughs> Jacob Hopkins in To Your Eternity. Jacob handles the difficult job of guiding this voice from nonverbal and barely self-aware through fear, happiness, pain, and loss. Oh, so much pain. He's such a good boy. A very good boy. Oh, she's a good boy. Good dog. Good friend. All right, Megan, good. can you... Good orb drop to Earth who learned how to love. Aw, who learned feelings and emotions? Megan, can you give us your winners for Who learned sadness? It's you! Hang on, hang on. Before before you say your thing, I just what? thought of something. What? Is the entirety of To Your Eternity as a series not just pondering the orb? Uh, uh, get out. Get out. out. I'm glad you feel that pain. Ugh. Anyway. And on that note, Megan. While Andrew's, while Andrew's give in us, meme, while Andrew's in fucking meme jail. Can you give us your winners for best lead performance in a drama? Sure. And get us away from this stupidity. My first winner for lead in a drama should come to uh, no one's surprise. Uh, if you have been a connoisseur of the many adventures of Team Grimgar... You know that there is one franchise that we will never escape for as long as it lives because it makes Japan a lot of money. <laughs> and that's our that's our friend, the sippy cup of doom, Fate. And if you don't and if you know me, my favorite fate character of all time is a lovable scamp who stole from his professor and got him killed. Uh, his name is Waver Velvet, and he got an entire anime dedicated to him. So one of my awards goes to Lucian Dodge. In the fucking vomit title of a name, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to call it Waver Velvet Millennial and Suffering. Super happy, fun Waver Velvet times. 
Lucian is Lucian's waiver velvet performance is, is just one of my favorite English dub performances ever put together. He gives this character such range and depth to the point where I 100% prefer it over his Seiyu. I think that Lucian coming back to this character felt as if he never stopped playing him. He was able to bring me to tears with his performance, being both absurdly funny in the moments where where poor Waver is getting bombarded by his dumb students, to those moments of incredible pathos and empathy when he looks back at his life during the Holy, the Holy Grail War. If you've never seen it, the final scene between him in the show in his dreams was the exact like zenith of how good that performance made me feel and i picked the clip for this for the um the fan vote and it was a hundred percent just him looking back at the character that he was and the character that he is now in lucian was able to bridge that gap with such grace which is why he got one of my favorite my uh w's professed lead my other W for Best Lead, you're all wondering, back when we did the Voice Actor to Watch Award, which, hmm, someone seems very missing from Megan's text. That would be very obvious. And why give this person Voice Actor to Watch when I can get them Best Dramatic Lead? And that is for Siv, Ryan, and Kageki Shoujo. Oh, yep, there it is. <laughs> Siv approached Sarasa with such gusto and energy. And to have to play a character like Sarasa, who is, on the surface, seems very, very one note, but underneath it is so complex, is so complex in depth. And the fact of it is that Siv didn't even have to have somebody else come in and play the younger version of Sarasa. They played them throughout their entire run. And to play a character who is so much hiding the actual grief that she is in and the turmoil inside of herself. A character who, for better or for worse, has to play a, a Siv has to play a, a character who is an actor learning how to act. But there are these moments where if you if you haven't seen Kigeki Shoujo, and I'm sorry to spoil this, there's a disclaimer on this for a reason. Um one of the things that Sarasa is good at is mimicking performances so much to the point that they aren't her own, but a emblem, a reflection of things because they were trained in, uh, in Kabuki. And Sada, and Siv's performance gets that down so well where Siv as an actor has to get into a character who then has to get into another character. And it never feels forced or awkward. But to me, the moment that nailed uh, me giving this award to Siv is when you the aquarium scene. Yes. Where Siv learns that um her her she doesn't know that that is her biological father. Uh asks her boyfriend to ask her out. And she's talking about the system of coca and how it's like this aquarium where at first you're a little fish, then you're another thing, then you're the big ray. And you can hear you can hear the hurt in her voice. Because she knows that her actual dream will never come true because she's a woman and has to give that up to a man who's not as good as her. 
and it's so fucking good. And I'm so glad Marissa Lenti took the risk and cast Siv in this huge role for a first-time lead as a voice actor. Because, like, well, obviously Siv's in Epithet Arrest, Erased, but for ADR. And to do it in a show that is so good and just criminally slept on. So congratulations to Siv. I hope you're cast in more things as lead, as leads. Because if Kageki Shoujo didn't prove that Siv's performance could carry an anime, I don't know what fucking would. Siv was really, really good. Well said, my dude. Mm-hmm. All right, Hardy, your winners for best lead performance in a drama, please. Yes, yes. This one was pretty... I don't want to say that this is gold and silver because they both deserve mm-hmm. both deserve equal billing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first watched the dub of Memories, mm. okay. back when Discotech streamed it, they started off as, as it is with the Magnetic Rose segment. Now, apparently Mark Swint is a bigger voice actor than we let on. He's been in. He's been around a good long while. He's just never really done a whole lot of anime up until this point. Mm-hmm. But in the brief forty-five-minute-long time that Magnetic Rose ran, he played the character of Heinz as an absolute gut punch. He got that character so well, and the way that. The, the trauma that Heinz goes through uh, as he's hallucinating his his wife, his, his daughter, and having to relive the death of his daughter. Mark just absolutely nails all the emotional aspects. He gives Heinz just this grit and this just rage and this just torment and... And he just absolutely knocks it out of the park. Because Mark's got this really deep uh, res- register, so it's that doesn't really lead well to a lot of lead roles. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad to see him coming more into the mainstream anime force, being able to play characters such as this. I, for my gold, this one was pretty cut and paste. Mm-hmm. from the beginning we have a relatively new actor who's only been around a couple years but the way that they are able to jump into the role from the very beginning and evolve as the show goes on into something completely different really shows how impressive their register is mm-hmm. until the it gets they start out very sheepish and mild and a little bit on the scared side. But then as the show evolves, you can listen to their to how the character evolves and the performance evolves into something more headstrong and more, you know, take no prisoners and ultimately at the very end, accepts their fate with a smile on their face. I absolutely have to give it to Macy Ann Johnson for Akudama Drive. 
It serves her right. <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah. Well said, well said. Yes. Mm. Okie doke. My turn. So my my win is her best performance, best lead performance in a drama. Um, my first one. Megan will remember the wording that I said for this episode. Oh. <sighs> if you watch the Bungo and Alchemist episode, you will know the words. Osamu Dazai walked so that Vanitas could fucking run. Ah. I have to give one of my awards for lead in a drama to Zeno Robinson for the case study of Vanitas. Because Vanitas is... He is sassy. He is snarky. He is just, like, very confident and oozes charisma. But you know that there's something else behind it. You know that there that he's hiding things. And there's some things that he doesn't bring or express to anyone. And over the course of the first season, remember, we're only talking season one. Season two doesn't count. Um, over the course of the first season, you slowly start to see some of those walls break down for Vanitas. It's very slow and subtle, but they're there. With his relationship with Noe, with his relation relationship with Jun. Like, it's it's slow. It's progressing. And I just love the little subtleties and nuances that Zeno gets to portray with Vanitas' character. Um, so, Zeno takes one of my awards. For my other lead performance in a drama, I try, typically very very hard not to give the same actor an award in multiple categories i try very fucking hard that's just like a personal preference of mine and how i do my awards i could not keep this award from this man because this bitch is a shakespearean motherfucker <laughs> who's a viking <laughs> And I just, ugh, it hit so hard. I have to, have to give it to David Wald for uh, for Ashlad and Vinland Saga. Like, there is no way I can't. Because, first of all, David had a fucking banger of a year. Like, between this, Skate, and directing both Vanitas and The Stranger by the Shore. Like, he had a phenomenal year, first and foremost. So congrats to you, sir. But again, Ashlad is this amalgamation of Shakespearean, dramatic, dark, um, menacing. It's, ah, uh, it's just, it's a wonderful mix of subtleties and conniving and just wit and cunning and just, I just, I sat here, because you know me when it comes to leads and dramas. I have a super long fucking list. Usually, this is the one. It's like category. asking. It's like asking Steph to pick a child. Right. <laughs> That's what it usually comes down to. But like looking at my whole list, like I really wanted to stay away from doubling and giving David more than one award. I couldn't. I absolutely could not do that. This performance was just amazing me so i have to give it to david for vinland saga 100 so david wald and xena robinson 100 i love it all right our next award i believe megan called dips on this yes um can you dips. give us the next viewer's choice w award please sure the next viewer's choice w award goes to our best lead performance in an anime dub 
Your nominees are AJ Beckles, Tokyo Avengers, Kara Buckland, Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle, Terry Doty, Wave Listen to Me, Kellen Goff, The Night is Short, Walk On Girl, Macy Ann Johnson for Akadama Drive, Michaela Krantz, Wonder Egg Priority, Zena Robinson, The Case Study of Vanitas, Siv Ryan, Kageki Shoujo, Mark Swint, Memories, and David Wald for Vinland Saga. Your winner is... I can't believe it! It's Chris Pratt as Mario! Fuck you! Shut the fuck up! Nah, I'm fucking with you. It's Senator Robinson for the case study of Bonita! Woo! Congrats, Zeno! Congrats on your, uh, your win as the most psychotic bisexual man on the planet. We love Praise you. be to God! What was, I think, was it yesterday... Like, sorry to distract. Yesterday, like, David Wald posts on Twitter that he... he David Wald has found Vonnie Toss and Crack videos on YouTube. Oh, I saw that! Which is about... Uh, which, to me, rings, uh, rings a lot of uh, your dad dropping a Bofa meme on you. You know what? That checks out. That drags. Uh, but to... Just, just, I have to read the description of the video he posted, which is about the best description of the case study of Vonnie Toss I've ever heard. Mochizuki really made them bisexual, made them idiots, made them unreasonably hot, made them vampires, made them traumatized and depressed. <laughs> Wonderful. Congrats, Zeno. You did an amazing job. Alright. Congrats on this di- disaster French gremlin motherfucker. <laughs> you, killed, you killed it, Zeno. You killed it. Yes. Alright, next award. We're, we're slowly hitting the home stretch. We're getting there, guys. I promise we're... Soon you'll be free. You can see your parents again. <laughs> anyway, our next award is for best writing in an English dub. So, Andrew, will you please give us the winners for the other hosts for uh, best writing? I will once I stop getting these pins and needles in my fucking foot. Ah, <laughs> oh, my favorite oh, no. feeling in the world. Oh, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, I can wing it. I don't need feet to do audio. <laughs> Okay. No, but Google thinks you need feet to have a power. Anyway. <laughs> Andrew, are you okay? Are you mad at me for that? A you little know column what? A, a little column B. You know what, Internet? You don't get context for that. You don't fucking deserve it. Or just gonna keep going on. <laughs> like anyway. nothing ever happened. <laughs> yes. Anyways. All right. Starting us off. Jet's pick for best writing goes to Joel McRae and Kyle Kobe Jones for Vinland Saga. Vinland Saga's dub script was chock full of prose and colorful language that combined with the dub's use of accented English to make the world of Vinland Saga feel pretty authentic to its time period and help to bring the show to life even more. Patrick's pick for best writing goes to Justin Savakis and Stephanie Shea for Memories. In all the best ways, the script for the memory shorts feels like somebody dug them up with the license. The best of both worlds are on display with the dub of this film. The flow of the old with the relative faithfulness of the new. Gigi's pick for best writing goes to Leah Clark and Jeremy Kratz for Skate the Infinity. My pick for best writing goes to Ryan Raydrake and Koi Dow for Kuriko's Basketball. The tag team of Ryan and Koi are the secret sauce to why the Kuriko's basketball dub works. It's got enough heart, creative use of lingo and teen banter, and the correct amount 
of homosexual subtext that Kuroko deserves. <laughs> nice. Amon's pick for best writing goes to Stephanie Shea for The Night is Short, Walk On Girl. I still cannot believe they actually dubbed a Masaki Yuasa Tomohiko Morimi joint and figured out how to get somebody to say all these words? With the singing and the rapid fire monologues and the by chance? A true actual feat for the ages. Jamal's pick for best writing goes to Aaron Dismuke and Jared Green for Life Lessons with Urumichi Onisan. Writing for comedy is hard. Writing for comedy about depression is even harder. Aaron and Jared made it work, taking what would usually be the pitfalls of a localization script and making it work and feel endearing. Jackson's editor's choice pick coming to Nintendo Switch this summer. <laughs> Jackson went with Kristen McGuire for that time I got reincarnated as a slime season two. Kristen's writing is all over my picks this year, and I am loath to double up. So here's another fine example of her balancing many characters' distinct voices and how they evolve and grow. With special mention to working Rimuru's modern slang into a fantasy setting in particular. Alright. Megan, will you give us your winners for best writing, please? Yes. Okay, so my first winner for best writer is going to be for Tyler Walker and Matt Shipman for Sunny Boy. Um, I think that Matt and Tyler had to balance a show that is so dense in both vis visual and vocal metaphor that having that written and come out and sound so natural and as if it is the way the world has always worked uh, is impeccable. There are parts of the show that make you want to like scratch your head and go back, but the way that Matt and Tyler wrote them made it sound so clear as day to me. And even if I didn't understand where the show went, uh, they their dialogue helped a lot of things become very memorable. Uh, especially Rajani's speech in episode 11 being one of the most beautifully powerful and poignant things in the show. I think that they rocked it. Uh, also be please watch Sunny Boy. It's criminally underrated. Sunny Boy is great. <laughs> um, also while I'm here, the fucking soundtrack got robbed! Yeah, just like a bunch of things at the Anime Award because, uh, it's not Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, or Jujutsu Kaisen. Anyway. Uh, um, so my second award goes to Chris Kanigi for 86. To be able to balance out this show that the way it is presented, to make this localization make sure it hit what it had to. To be honest, I feel like a lot of times you come into a show that's super political, like mm -hmm. 86, and some of that meaning might be lost. And Chris did such a good job making the shows such horrific and yet human moments come across a lot like Tyler and Matt did. But I think he just nailed it so much. Um, his localization work was top notch. His ability to weave in subjects of genocide, of... Um, suicide of just nationalistic intent and never have it come off as if it is super preachy but just the way it needs to be presented to hook your hook itself into your heart absolutely standout work um 
I think, again, 86 is... 86 is dubbed to me as a must-watch. A must-watch. And a big part of that is Chris's writing. All right. Hardy, will you give us your winners for best writing, please? My first winner for best writing goes to a man who, for his first credit, actual credit ever, put more research and time and effort into this film than perhaps I've ever seen. With help from Stephanie Shea, I have got to give it to Justin Savakis for Memories, because the sheer amount of effort that they put into it, uh, he, he basically wrote that entire movie um, using his notes from the original release. And the way, the fact that it flows through all three short films so well, uh, despite the fact that the films are so so completely different from one another nothing sounds out of place everything feels like a cohesive mold and so for his very first uh, writing credit i have to give it to justin savakis with stephanie shea for my gold though as soon as this dub came out i i did not watch an episode of uh, yes i did watch an episode of this sub and my first thought is holy cow how are they going to translate this and that show turned out to be Wave Listen to Me. For, so Jamie Markey and Leah Clark had to somehow translate uh, Terry's rantings into English, which is, it's like trying to turn lead into gold. It's basically alchemy. So <laughs> the way that they were able to, to take the translations and work them up and make them sound... Like, not only like they made sense, but that they were entertaining and they were funny was a monumental task. And they didn't, they were able to translate it without overuse of slang. Everything made sense. And it just, it, it's just a really good script. And that's all I can really say. Yes, that leaves me. So I'm going to be a little repetitive because my two winners actually were already mentioned before. Mm hmm. So, my first one, my first award for best writing, uh, goes to a wonderful little duo uh, who had a lot of fun with a sports anime this year. Uh, some comedic moments, some dramatic ones. Uh, Alright, the best way to introduce it, technically they didn't write this, but you know what, I have to say it. What's up, bitches, bros, and non-binary hoes? <laughs> yeah! Uh, I have to give it to the duo of Leah Clark and Jeremy Kratz for Escape the Infinity. <laughs> the writing on the show was just a, just a delight to listen to. And like I just mentioned, they mix both the comedic moments with the dramatic moments and those arcs, especially for uh, Reki, because Reki has a huge dramatic arc in the middle of the show. Poor and Reki needs a goddamn hug. He needs a fucking hug. I love him. Longa, hug your boyfriend. Longa. He needs an Eskimo kiss. That's what he needs. Yeah, that's what he needs. From the Canadian boy. Yes. Um, but no, I really enjoyed the writing on this show. Um, and all its fun little moments and just one-liners and little bits. It was just such a delight. My other winner for best writing, again, was already stated before. <laughs> and I'm going to repeat essentially kind of what this person said. Writing for a comedy is hard. 
And writing for a comedy about depression is even harder. It has to be Aaron Dismuke and Jared Green for Life Lessons with Rumichio Nissan. Again, dark comedy is my my fucking jam. And the amount and how this was handled, to me at least, was handled rather well with fun little moments and fun little just cringe moments, but on purpose. <laughs> like some of there were some pieces on purpose and it worked very, very well. And um, when we got to meet Aaron at Kineticon, we actually talked to him about Uramichi. <laughs> he was just like, did you like, were, did, were you okay? Or did you like the um, the use of like <laughs> some, some of the Japanese terms, just some of the Japanese that was used in there? I'm like, oh yeah, it was great. It works because it's a kid's show. He's like, yeah, and it's supposed to be cringe too. I'm like, yep, <laughs> that's the point. So yeah, like this fun little duo of Aaron and Jared, like, this is my brand of shit, so congratulations to the two of you, as well as Leah and Jeremy, uh, for my winners for best writing. So now, from the writing, let's move to the directing. Let's talk about the awards for best director. Andrew, will you give us a start and tell us the winners for the other hosts, please? I can, I shall, I will. Starting us off is Jet. Jet's pick for best director goes to... Ezra Weiss for 86. 86 had a pretty tough balancing act between sci-fi techno babble, some occasional moments of lighthearted comedy, and the crushing weight of the characters dealing with war crimes and genocide. And while it's easy to imagine the dub screwing up that balance somewhere along the way, Ezra directed his platoon through the thick of it and turned it into a spectacular dub with some strong performances. Sorry, you said the thick of it, and now I'm thinking of that stupid Backyardian song. Are you fucking serious right I'm now? Actually, I'm sorry. That's where my brain went. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least I'm not singing it, but that's where my brain just went, and now it's gonna be my head. It's stuck in my head too. How dare you? You're welcome. <laughs> Thank God I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, into the thick either. of it. Into the thick of it. Shut the fuck up. Into the thick of it. Shut the fuck up. Oh, oh my God, is it a parody of Into the Woods? No, it's no. a fucking, it's a backyard again song that became a TikTok yeah. sound. I'm gonna look it up. For Don't later. you? No, look it up. no, you shut the fuck up, Steph. This for later. No, bitch, shut up. I'm not gonna send it now. I'll send it later. Keep going. I'm sorry. <sighs> fucking pulls backyard again into a section talking about '86, and she's like, "Oh, just move on." Patrick's pick for Best Director goes to Caitlin Glass, Emmy Lowe, and Sean Gann for Shadows House. Probably one of the trickiest dubs of last year because of how much double casting was a requirement, a feat in and of itself that things remained so strong and consistent. Gigi's pick for Best Director goes to David Wald for The Stranger by the Shore. My pick for Best Director goes to... Marissa Lenti, alongside their team of Alexis Tipton, Damon Mills, Mike Haimoto, Natalie Van Sistine, and Stephen Fu for Kageki Shoujo. To say that Lenti and their team had a tough task for Kageki Shoujo is a fucking understatement. A global ensemble full of so much acting and theater history and know-how, all while balancing gripping drama that deserves a standing ovation alone for making it all come together. 
Amon's pick for Best Director also goes to Stephanie Shea for The Night is Short, Walk On Girl. See comments prior for Best Writing. There's no way in hell writing and directing this dub was an easy task, and Stephanie deserves a lot of credit for pulling it off, not only in general, but creating a dub that's moments for moment as good as the movie itself. Well done. Jamal's pick for Best Director goes to Emily Fajardo for Remain. For her first full simuldub project, Emily managed to capture the facets and personalities of every distinct character in the show, and there are a lot with moderate ease. To paraphrase the show, she's been making waves so far, and I look forward to her making even bigger waves in the future. And finally, Jackson's, Jackson's Editor's Choice Alpha Beta Omega Fan Fiction on AO3.com Award. God. For best it's called director, called an ABO fic. God. <laughs> his best director award goes to Caitlin Glass and Sean Gann for Fruits Basket: The Final. A really tough award given out when basically every director I can name had very strong showings this year, but I gotta recognize Caitlin Glass and Sean Gann for their years of work on Fruits Basket to now shepherding it to its heart-rending conclusion. Wait, why do I still hear the manga readers laughing at me? Oh god. <laughs> I did not I don't I did not see that coming. <laughs> Whoops. Alright. Megune, my love. Will you please give me give us your winners for Best Director? Sure. My first winner for uh, Best Director goes to Alexis Tipton for Sunny Boy. Uh this is my favorite Alexis dub. This is the best dub that she has ever put out as a director. Um she was so good at listening to feedback from other people on casting. She was, she put together a cast doing things in places I don't think I ever expected. Um, I genuinely enjoyed it and I really hope that she, she gets to do another show like this. Because for a long time it felt like Alexis Tipton was like kind of given like the bad romance shows. Uh, I'm really happy with this here. Uh, Sunny Boy kind of came in and sniped some awards at the last second for me, I'll be real. Uh, but it was that good of a dub, and again, it is Alexis's best dub out there. But my number one award for best director has to go to Marissa Lenti and their team for Kageki Shoujo. Marissa Lenti's dedication to this show is wild. From casting Siv Ryan as the lead to getting so many trans and non-binary actors into their show to the kabuki i think they had the director the writing crew writing crew i think had to rewrite some kabuki stuff and shakespeare to fit lip flaps just their dedication to go above and beyond for this dub is fucking out of this world and for getting a cast that is absolutely global, like, I think this was the show to have the first Malaysian voice actor in it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, you can correct me in the comments, but, like, that's dedication to your craft. To truly bring this this new era of dubbing in, Kikaki Shoujo is up with Sunny Boy as one of the most criminally underrated shows of the year. Um... So definitely check out the dub for this. Hardy, will you give us your winners for Best Director, please? I most certainly will. This was the award that took me the absolute longest 
to choose. In fact, I didn't even put it down until we were just, we were technically, we had technically started the Skype call. And yeah. I was like, hold on, let me put my best director around. Because I couldn't choose. There were so many good options. I mean, do I, where, where, where do I go? Do I go with Marissa Linty with uh, Kagagi Shoujo? Do I go with Caitlin Glass for Fruits Basket? Um, do I go with, what was it? Uh, Stephen Hoff for, um, you know, Wave Listen to Me. It, I, it was like pulling teeth or cutting fingers, giving up your firstborn child. In the end, though, I had to go with my gut, and you're going to notice a lot of repetition in my awards when you go back and watch this. For my silver award, I kind of had to cheat, because for one movie, it has at least five, it has at least three, five, actually five directors. And so I had to go with Michael Center Nicholas, Amber Lee Connors, and Emily Fajardo from Memories, as well as help from Stephanie Shea and I believe Damon Mills. Yep. Because the way that they're able to handle three different short films uh, in recorded at two different studios with three different directors and actors all over the world, not just the country. Might I remind you, Philip Sacramento is from Ireland. <laughs> so, and uh, the way they were able to do it entirely remotely, except for one of the cast members, it was the actress who played the little girl in the beginning. Yes. Everyone else was recorded from home. So that is, needless to say, a monumental achievement that they were able to put everything together and make it sound as good as it did. But for my gold award, and this is gonna, this is probably gonna sound, you know, cut and paste, cut and paste. I have to agree with Megan as far as Marissa Linty is is dedicated to this show, but it's for it's actually similar to how my choice is actually Brittany Lotta and her dedication to Akadama Drive. It's it parallels very similar because what Brittany did was she went and got adventurous and pulled actors from all over the place, uh, both new talent and established talent, and turned that dub into an absolute hodgepodge of of actors and uh, and performances. And it's just on paper, it shouldn't work, and yet. As a whole, it's it, it just it just comes off so so fluid, so solid, and the way the, just to see Britney's tweets and to see how proud of that dub she is, I can't not give it to her and Matt because this was basically their baby. So that's that's who I choose. Well said. Mm-hmm. All right, my winners for best director. Um, the two that, the two directors that I ended up picking, um, cheer a common thing, and that is the passion and care that they put into their work. That is the commonality between these directors and these two shows. My first pick, um, I picked a Lenti show, but it's not Kageki Shoujo. I ended up going with the show that gave us just a little bit of a glimpse at what you can really do with a simul dub and a dub from home. I gave it to the team of Marissa Lenti and Amberly Connors for Arte. Arte is a delight. 
the amount of care and attention to detail that was put into it, including um, look like extra research thanks to Emily Fajardo because uh, art history is a thing and she did that um, into the real life person that Arte is based on. Um, just so much attention was put into that show. The fact that the main cast of the show is filled with Italian-American voice actors. Like Felicia Angeal, like Wayne Grayson, Gianni Montregrano. Montregrano, thank you. And you, again, pull from L.A., Dallas, New York, and Gianni, who's in Canada. So, a lot of attention and care was put into the show, and I... It's still a delight, and it still means... It still has a little place in my heart, so... Marissa and Amber did a phenomenal job with the directing on Arte. The other person I want to give this directing award to also put a lot of care uh, into the show, despite everything that was going on for them personally, because as they have publicly stated on Twitter, a lot was happening, and this one really meant a lot to them personally. And again, my obsession aside with this fucking show... <laughs> Um, I think Raleigh Pickens did a phenomenal job uh, with the English dub from Moriarty the Patriot. Um, the casting was a lot of fun and diverse. You brought in, he brought in very interesting and fun talent, and especially, and the taking the risk at who we have for Sherlock himself is just huge. And there's a lot of pieces and intricacies in the directing of the Moriarty the Patriot dub that just really really endeared to me and I could tell the amount of care and passion that Raleigh put into that show a hundred percent so I have to give my other best directing award to Raleigh Pickens for Moriarty the Patriot and god damn it I keep seeing tweets about hints about the season two dub I want it like yesterday <laughs> but it'll come eventually I'm gonna laugh my ass off if it comes out like the day after we finish recording oh my god <laughs> Steph knowing literally just screeches. Knowing my, luck, <laughs> knowing my luck, that will fucking happen. Correct answer. Tomorrow's we need M. We need our friend M to watch it. Then the dub will come out tomorrow because everything she watches subtitled literally gets a dub the next day. Oh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Uh, but no, those are my winners for best. Also, director. please tag her and remind her that Seven Seas is licensed. Come on, if she had. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, all right. Our next award is another one of our special awards. It is our Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, as previously mentioned, we're doing something a little bit different here. Uh, so, presenting this year's Lifetime Achievement Award is... As my cat loses his shit. <laughs> Has he pooped lately? <laughs> he just, he, oh yeah, he I, pooped. He pooped. He, he, he was at his cat tree, clawing away. And I, as I said the words, my cat's losing his shit. He peeks around from the from the bookshelf and stares at me dead in the eye for running off. So our cat who just pooped is not presenting this award. No, our cat is not presenting this award. Uh, uh, we're going to turn this one over to our good buddy, Jet. Jet, will you please announce the recipient this year's recipient of the lifetime achievement award thanks guys our next award is the lifetime achievement award this award is to recognize voice actors who have led their voices to the world of anime for over 20 years and whose work has left an impact on both newer and older generations of anime fans for this year's award we would like to recognize the one and only veronica taylor 
Veronica Taylor's career in Voice Acting began in 1996, when she auditioned for the role of Amelia in Central Park Media's Dumb of Slayers, eventually going on to play the character through the sequel season Slayer Next and Slayer's Tribe, and would later reprise a role when Funimation acquired the later seasons Slayer's Revolution and Evolution R. When ADR team for Slayers went on to dub the first season of Pokemon, Veronica was brought on to audition for the role of Ash Ketchum, and at the end of the parts, he went on to play Ash for the first eight seasons of the anime, not only playing Ash, but also Ash's Mondelia and later May in Pokemon Advance, with each role demonstrating her incredible vocal range. While Ash is the role that most of us would recognize her for, she's went her voice to many characters over the years, including Akari in Aria the Animation, Sailor Pluto in the Viz Media Dub of Sailor Moon, Berberan in Dragon Ball Super, and Nana in Seven of Seven, where she played all seven of the titular Nanas herself. To date, she has over 200 anime credits to her name, and can even catch her shows as recent as The Faraway Paladin, where she plays the roles of Marion Gracefield. On the behalf of the Dead Talk Podcast, we'd like to thank Veronica Taylor for all the work she's done over these last 24 years. We hope there will be plenty more to come. And now, back to the OGs. Congratulations! Congratulations, Veronica Taylor. Yay! A very, very long, illustrious career, full of highlights. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all the work you've done over the years. Yes. Very, very well deserved. All right. Our next award. We are in the home stretch. We have three awards left, and two of them are Viewer's Choice Awards. Let's fucking do this. Let's fucking go. Our next award is for the Viewer's Choice W Award for Best Returning Series. Hardy, would you do us the honors? I will. We have Attack on Titan, the final season, directed by Mike McFarland. Beastars, directed by Bob Buckholtz and Megan Buckholtz. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the movie, Mugen Train, directed by Steve Staley. Dr. Stone, Stone Wars, directed by Clifford Chapin and Emily Nees. Fruits Basket, the final, directed by Caitlin Glass and Sean Gann. Golden Kamui, directed by Jeremy Inman and David Wald. Megalobox, Two, Nomad, directed by Kyle Phillips, Austin Tyndall, and Christopher Waycamp. That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, directed by Clifford Chapin, Emily Neves, and Kristen McGuire. Welcome to Demon School, Irma Kuhn, directed by Jalen K. Cassell, and Zombieland Saga Revenge, directed by Jade Saxton and Tyson Reinhardt. And the winner is... <laughs> Megan's about to be very happy with this one. Fruits Basket, the final, directed by David Goss and Sean Dan. Finally, it's happened! <laughs> oh, God, I have a headache. I jangled my head back and forth. I was just like, I was waiting because I'm like, Megan's about to be very fucking happy with Hold this. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> we did Where's it. my boy? Where's my boy? No, not you, TikTok ad! <laughs> I'm getting fucking cock blocked here. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations to Fruits Basket, who has been nominated for this category. Or and I can still nominate it next year! This is the year for Fruits Basket. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Third time's took, a charm. Took all the bacon. Congratulations. Congratulations. Wasn't even nominated. Fruits basket. Well deserved. 
<laughs> Megan's just, I was, I'm just like, Megan's about to be so fucking happy right now. My head hurts. <laughs> you, you need but like a drink hurt. of water or something? No, I'm good. <laughs> Please tell me you're going to get a drink real quick. No, I'm fine. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> as long as you're sure. All right. Uh, we're almost there. Home stretch. The next award uh, is going to be for us for us hosts here our dub of the year. It is it goes to the shows that we believe are the best of the best for the year of 2021. Now, Andrew, will you please for the final time actually uh, give us the winners for the other hosts for their dub of the year, please? Thank you, Stephanie. I shall. Jets pick for dub of the year goes to Vinland Saga. He says, while I wouldn't have normally expected a show like this to fall into Sentai's lap, they did an impeccable job with it. From the great adaptive script to some actors giving career highlight performances, it was a true tour de force across the board and is easily one of Sentai's best dubs to date. Well done. Patrick's pick for dub of the year is also Vinland Saga. One of the best complete packages of the year and probably very high on the list of best dubs that Houston dubbing scene has ever produced. Gigi's pick for dub of the year goes to Skate the Infinity. My pick for dub of the year goes to Akudama Drive. Akudama Drive is a fantastic show and it's been a long time since I've truly felt the level of love, talent, and passion in a dub this year, quite like what Brittany Lauda and Coach Sound delivered for this show. There was a lot of competition this year, but this one in the end swindled my heart away. Aww. Aww, cute. Amon's pick for dub of the year goes to Memories. Can you believe we have a Memories dub in 2021, 2022? And it's not just good, it's great. And it complements the film perfectly? Man, what a time to be alive. Jamal's pick for dub of the year goes to Akudama Drive. The work involved into producing this dub was so intense that I'd have to be nuts not to give it the top spot. Brittany Lauda, the ADR director, did not have to go this hard, but God, I'm glad she did. And finally, to be fair... You have to have a very high IQ to understand the Editor's Choice Award that Jackson <laughs> gave for Dub of the Year God damn it. is Wonder Egg Priority. I quickly realized I had to put Wonder Egg Priority at the top, otherwise it would dominate all my other picks. Directing, writing, mixing, and most of all, the acting categories too. A whole, a work delivering on every front that can only be my Dub of the Year. Thank you to Andrew and all the other hosts for their award winners for this year. Megan. Checks in the mail, Andrew. And by check, I mean nothing. <laughs> he, he's not, he can't hear you right now. Exactly. Uh, for the last time, Megan, will you please give us your winners for Dub of the Year? My first winner for Dub of the Year goes to a dub that was so strong, so well acted, that it tore out my heart, made me want to throw up, and was overall a great time and made me scream when I realized I got to the end of it and there wasn't more for a couple of months. And there won't be more for a couple of months because the dub has to take a break eventually. And I haven't started season two because of it. And that goes to 86. 86 was a powerhouse. And to be honest, 
is probably one of the best dubs Crunchyroll has ever paid for up there with Boongo Stray Dogs for me. There, there are dubs that Crunchyroll pays for, and then there are dubs that Crunchyroll has paid for. And this is it. I don't think there could have been a better combo of director and writer between Urza and uh, Chris. The cast is absolutely phenomenal. It is such a heartbreaking show that has these weird moments of levity. And I think the thing that so that will sell you so well on it is that this show can be the most intense thing you've ever seen while also being the most vulnerable and fragile work that you'll hear out of so many of these actors, whether it be uh, Maureen Price, Erica Mendez, uh, Susie Young, Billy Komet, uh, Casey Monglingo, Monglino, Amari Williams, uh, Morgan Loray, Jenny Yoroki, uh, Alejandro Saab, um, just a just a tour de force of a dub. But to me, I think the dub that captured my heart the most, and it was the show that captured my heart the most, was Kageki Shoujo. I think that in a lot of ways, shoujo anime doesn't get the, the, the credit it deserves, and neither do its dubs. I think that the directing, the writing, the casting choices all came together to get this show that could make you at one point laugh at a joke, but at the same time unsettle you to your very core in a way that I don't think a lot of shows take some of, it, take some of the same subject matter and treat it right. Whether it be Siv Ryan as the multifaceted Sarasa, um, Xanthi Wynn as I, who is coming from this place of immense trauma to open herself up, whether it be Megan Shipman's absolutely gut-wrenching performance uh, as this character who has, uh, who goes through bulimia at one point, to having the Rial sisters play twins to giving me one of my favorite uh, Amelie performances of all time. There are just so many working parts in this, and I brought this up in the Direction segment, to have a gender-fluid... Uh, I didn't bring this up in the Direction point. To have so many of the top stars of the Coca Theater be played by non-binary or trans performers. To have a gender-fluid lead... I think that Marissa did in her in their team did such an impeccable job with this show that it's a shame that so many people have passed over it. Whether it be for other shows that look gorgeous and have their moments, but would treat some subject matter that's handled in Kageki Shoujo as if it is a joke or mere window dressing to advance another character's arc and not the the human human moments that they are. And to get so many of these actors through these moments is just a, a, a just great compassion to the actors. Marissa, hats off to you for Kikeki Shoujo, which was not only my favorite anime dub of the year, what I thought was the best dub of the year, which was my favorite anime of last year. And to have a show that I was so excited for be handled in such a beautiful way 
when it could have so easily gone so wrong, is just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Peace. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. All right, Hardy, for the last time, will you please give us your winners for Dumb of the Year, please? I kind of had to mold the my second choice over a little bit because there's so many good shows and good dubs I could have put there. At the end of it all, though, I had to go for memories. They didn't have to go as hard as they did on this because, remember, this is actually a licensed rescue. It was originally released sub-only. And Discotech is famous for putting out mostly sub-only shows. They very rarely dub things. But in the few instances that they do, they go above and beyond on the quality. They didn't have to put this between two different studios. They didn't have to have this covered by three different directors. They didn't have to go the extra mile to do what they did. Not only for the dub, but for the restoration, the... Um, the uh, the uh, special features, the interviews, everything. They didn't have to do that. And they did it for a movie that's kind rather niche among the anime community. The fact that they went above and beyond to restore this classic, this, what's the word? This forgotten um, niche classic film. It's a little hidden yeah, gem. Yeah, the hidden gem, yes. Just speaks volumes. And the fact that it the dub turned out as good as it did, despite three different directors, two different studios, almost entirely recorded from home, is just phenomenal. And so to everyone on the directing team and to the uh, everyone in the production team and to my boy Logan, I can see you, bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely have to give my silver award to Memories. There is really only one show I could have given my gold award to. I'm a very simple man. Give me some bright lights, some big explosions, some over-the-top hamminess, throw in a little bit of, uh, of a lesson to be learned, and then I'm happy. And so I think one of the characters in the show said it best, I love this dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. When I first watched this show sub, I this is one that I love this show so much. I watched it in subtitle first, all the way through, as it was airing, because I didn't want to get spoiled. And then I'm like, I I rewatched it again um, on the simul dub, and then I rewatched again uh, on when I came to Blu-ray. I liked it that much, and. For the, all the effort that that Macy Ann Johnson, that Jonas Scott, uh, Y. Chang, Zeno Robinson, Kellen Goff, Brittany Lada, Matt Shipman, uh, DC Douglas, Jenny Yokobori, uh, Veronica Taylor, and Eddie Lee. Is that it? I get all Daisy, Gu Daisy Guevara. Daisy Guevara Laura and Laura Stahl. Stahl. Uh, no, you're good. And the squad. Yeah. The squad. The squad. As much of an overtaking as it is, and as good of a product as it turned out, my gold is absolutely Akudama Drive. I can only say, let's fucking go. <laughs> I just dropped the mic on my belly. So <laughs> <laughs> mic drop. 
The the uh, mic drop was implied, but I appreciate yes. the extra little detail you threw in there. Yeah, yeah. The mics are expensive, so we don't. We're not actually. Supposed we to don't them. actually drop them. I just tap mine to make it sound like we dropped them. In this economy. <laughs> anyway, all right. My winners for dub of the year. Okay. It seems like every year I always have at least one where I'm sitting down looking at my massive list of shows that I watched and I'm considering for this award. And there's always the one where it's like, where nine times out of ten, Andrew will look at me and is like, bitch, if you don't pick that, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're obsessed with it and you keep ranting and raving about it. Last year it was Hanukkah-kun. This year it's Moriarty the Patriot. <laughs> Because this dub, for me, was a fun ride from beginning to end in the first season. Had such fun performances um, in, in a world and a genre that I that just, that just makes my little heart go flutter. And it make, it, I love it so much. And again, going back to Raleigh's directing, um, a lot of care and attention to detail was put into this dub. And it shows. So Moriarty is definitely one of those shows that I really enjoyed this year. And I'm so excited for season two. <laughs> for whenever that comes out. Um, but yes, Moriarty is one of my winners for Dub of the Year. My other one. I try. I said this during sound mixing when I talked about Megalobox Nomad. I typically try very hard to avoid awarding sequels prequels that kind of thing awards right and the last time this show got some form of an award was two years ago for directing but when i sat down and i thought about it and all of the shows that i watched this year i couldn't just leave this one alone it had a beautiful story with emotional highs and lows um, it had fantastic characters. It had phenomenal performances from both returning actors and new actors alike. And it told a complete story. Finally. After 20 years, basically. Yay, I know what this is. My other award for Dub of the Year is going to go to Fruits Basket, the final. Yay! Um, but collectively, it's going to go to Fruits Basket in general. Um, it was a beautiful ride. I was sobbing every fucking time. I just, it was a emotional roller coaster that when you started, you just didn't stop. And I have to commend Caitlin Glass and Sean Gann on the directing front, but also the casting for it too. Uh, Laura Bailey, Jerry Jewell, who we talked about earlier, uh, Eric Vale, John Bergmeier, uh, Michaela Kranz as Momiji. Um, who else? Kent, Justin Cook. Justin Cook. Kent Williams. Brina Palencia. John Bergmeier. I already said John Bergmeier. Oh, <laughs> Colleen uh, motherfucking Colleen. Beard. Caitlin Barr. Caitlin Barr. Kate Bristol. Lucy Christian. Aaron Dismuke. Chris Caitlin Sabat. Glass as well. Chris Sabat. Just the... Oh, Ian Sinclair. <laughs> Just the... Don't forget the bird. Just the entire cast, from start to finish, I commend you, well done, and thank you for bringing, th th making these past three years of this project 
well worth it. So congratulations to you, um, for to Caitlin and Sean and the team for Fruits Basket because it is. If you haven't watched the new Fruits Basket yet, please go do so. It is a beautiful story, and it finally has its proper conclusion. Question mark. <laughs> Um, this was a banquet for the ages. It was definitely a banquet for the ages. Hmm. All right. We have one more award. And it's the big one. What did the fans say? Mm-hmm. Our final award of the evening is the Viewer's Choice W Award for Dub of the Year. And again, this is the fans' pick as to what they believed was the best Dub of the Year. Your nominees are 86, directed by Urza Weiss. Akudama Drive, directed by Brittany Lotta and Max Shipman. The Case Study of Vanitas, directed by David Wald. Kageki Shoujo, directed by Marissa Lenti, Alexis Tipton, Damon Mills, Mike Haimoto, Natalie Van Sistine, and Stephen Fu. Memories, directed by Michael Center Nicholas, Stephanie Shea, Amberly Connors, Damon Mills, and Emily Fajardo. Moriarty the Patriot, directed by Raleigh Pickens. Skate the Infinity, Directed by Kyle Phillips and Christopher Wakehamp. The Stranger by the Shore. Directed by David Wald. Vinland Saga. Directed by Kyle Kobe Jones, John Swayze, and Mike Haimoto. And Wonder Egg Priority. Directed by Chris George. And the winner is... <laughs> Skate the Infinity. Directed by Kyle Phillips and Christopher Wakehamp. Yay! Congratulations to Skate, the Infinity, the cast and crew. The fans fucking loved you. <laughs> well deserved. Man, Skate really was kind of a tour de force this year. Mm -hmm. It filled like a lot of the missing parts in people's hearts. Yeah. Like, it felt like people that were missing stuff like Free and Yuri on Ice, but also wanted like a really cool, really good, well animated sports series. Oh, yeah. Eight fucking good. I fucking huh. see you, Mappa. Fucking see Release you. them. Release them, Mappa. Mappa, take a nap, please. <laughs> Mappa, anyway. take a nap, but give me my movie. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations. And by give me my movie, I mean move it to another studio. Um, <laughs> congratulations to not only Skate the Infinity, uh, but also all of our other award winners for Viewers' Choice W Awards, as Yay! well as the nominees in all categories. You are all phenomenal. And to voters like you. Heck yeah. Except for you, Timmy. You know what you fucking did. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Imagine someone named Timmy listening to this right now, and they're like, what I do? Good. Anyway. Congrats to Skate the Infinity. Congrats to Skate the Infinity. Now they were on a roll. <laughs> ah. God damn it. Because it's a skateboard. All right. Now, before we go, um, there is one other thing we need to take care of and do real quick. So, we started this last year. We thought we figured we'd bring this back again because while there are a bunch of highs throughout the course of this year, there are also a good amount of lows as well, um, including the passing of very prolific and well-known voice actors in the community and the industry. So, we have kindly asked uh, Noah Clue to, if he would please, um, give us our in-memoriam ceremony for this year. Take it away, Noah. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binaries alike. Hope you've been enjoying the dubby festivities and complimentary hors d'oeuvres tonight. Mmm. Bacon-wrapped donuts. 
Excellent choice, Hardy. As we celebrate the outstanding vocal achievements of this year, we'd like to take this time to look back in memory of the voices we lost as well. A well-deserved memoriam for the voice actors who passed away in 2021. They may be gone from this earth, but their voices will forever live on in our hearts. And on MP3 files as well. Farewell to Jack Angel, longtime voiceover artist, including multiple characters in the original Transformers cartoon, and best known in anime as King Zarkon in the original Voltron. Ed Asner, legendary film and TV actor, as well as Grandpa Ayana Koji in the 3x3Eyes OVA. Chris Ayers, prolific anime voice actor through hundreds of credited performances, immortalized, among many other characters, as Frieza in Dragon Ball Z. Cloris Leachman, incredible comedic actress, best known to the anime community as Mama Dola in Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Scott Page Pagter, ADR director and scriptwriter since the late 80s, as well as Professor Itsuki in the romantic comedy Ai Yori Ayoshi. Felice Sampler, irreplaceable West Coast actress, forever remembered as not just one, but two Digi-Destined, voicing Mimi in Digimon Adventure and Cody in Digimon Zero Two. George Seagal, multi-talented actor of both comedic and dramatic films, one of which being Inbe no Akita in Isao Takahata's final film, The Tale of Princess Kaguya. French Tickner, representing the great country of Canada for many years in cartoons and anime alike, best known as Watari in Death Note. Amy Howard Wilson, Nova in Star Blazers, and Miranda in the irresponsible Captain Tyler OVA. And Betty White. I mean, come on people, it's Betty White. We could spend all night just lifting off our favorite Betty White roles, including Noriko in Ponyo. Absolute legend. Let us raise a glass and a microphone to the memory of each of these performers. Thank you all for making animation so much stronger with your contributions to the vocal arts. And now, back to the festivities. Thank you so much, Noah. Very appreciated. And our hearts go out to the friends, families of all of these fantastic actors and directors and just people in this industry. Um, you are sorely missed, and we thank you for your work. Your work will be remembered, and you will all be missed. Yes. Love and laughter always. Indeed. On that note, I think we're done for the evening. That is the last piece of the puzzle. We have completed our journey around the sun for another year. And we have had, we finished another year of the W Awards. If you have made it this far. Thank you. Into the the secret password is Reese's Cups. Is Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat them up. Motherfucker. All right. <laughs> Admittedly, it's a little bit difficult to go from the immemorium to the ending. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Um, but no, if you made it this far in the episode, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking around with us this long, for our ramblings, for our insanity, for... Our winners. Not chaos, but hey. We didn't go full chaos this year, which is probably for the best. We gave you, <laughs> we gave you a little chaos as a treat. Indeed. Next um, year, you can have a little salami. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> if you are interested in anything 
we here at Dub Talk do. Uh, the best way to do so, of course, is either to subscribe to us here on YouTube if you're already here watching um, the video the video version of the award show, or um, you can hear us on all our audio platforms as well, and you can go follow us there, um, those being Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. If you're also interested in anything else that we do, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Dub Talk Podcast, as well as Twitch, uh, that being Dub Talk Podcast, where uh, basically we stream almost every single day. Uh, at the time of recording this, there are we do have some gaps in days, either because of slight breaks or technical issues on my end. Um, but we have a fun time there, uh, and you can come and join us and hang out with us as we play games. We also have, if you miss out on any of our streams, we also have our Dubtog Gaming channel, where our stream archives and VODs um, eventually migrate and go over to that as well. If you want to support Dubtog in a completely different capacity, we do have our Ko-fi, where you can make one-time donations. Um, but we also have our Patreon account, and we that means uh, you can give us more money on a free, more frequent basis, and you can get fun little things like shout-outs, to which we have to give our thanks and shout-out to our wonderful patrons. At our $5 tier, we have Julia W., Megan's mom and dad. Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> Michelle Travis. <laughs> Can you please make something up for this real quick, baby? Because we know why. I'm going to let Andrew take this one. Nico Robbins Award for the greatest, thickest yaoi hands in the world. My god, the semes and the ukis of the world are all quivering ukis? in anticipation. It's okay, ignorant slut. <laughs> it's only because it's Jackson that we had to do this. <laughs> Love you, bud. We also have the illustrious our- Nico Robbins of yaoi hands. Yes. Uh, we also have in our $5 tier, Sue Tweet and Victor Mayborida. And in our $10 tier, we have Anthony Brown, Carly Lessicow, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Thank you guys so much for being for continuing to support this insanity. <laughs> Time, month after month. We really appreciate you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Please, thank you. Uh, if you're interested in anything of the four of us, freaking do on a frequent basis. You can follow Hardy at Spaceman Hardy on Twitter as our my cat goes fucking crackhead. <laughs> you can follow Hardy, follow Hardy on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy, uh, where he needs to tweet more goat pics. Granted, he'd also tw- he did tweet some today. Oh my god, I don't so. know if there's like a cat outside my door or that's panda screaming. <laughs> Have you considered that both can be true? Please don't say that. Oh no. Um, uh, but you can also hang out with Hardy on the Funimation Discord. Uh, if you're interested in seeing anything that Megan does, you can follow her on Twitter at QueenEra2, and she also sometimes chills on the Funimation Discord as well. If you're interested And the in that, Anime Dubs one. And the Anime Dubs Discord. I forget that one. They're cool dudes. Then, as for Andrew, if you want to follow him, you can follow him on Twitter at ClassySpartan. Oh, Manga Man 9000, what the fuck am I even doing anymore? We're tired. We're tired. At least it's not f- three in the morning like we did that one year. <laughs> my name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. You can find me over on Twitter at MangaMan9000. Stop doing my job. Okay. You can also see him on the Funimation Discord and Anime Dubs Discord as well. And you can sometimes see- hear him, or most times hear him, on Three Resolutions Podcast ONA. That's the actual title. Um, along with our wonderful buddy and co-host, Jet. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review, with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. Um, 
I tweet sometimes <laughs> about things. I'm not that interesting. It's fine. Uh, you I are. Also... Stop lying. <laughs> she's very interesting, and she's lovely, and she's nice. He's biased, though. I'm extremely biased, but I don't it's... care. And he uh, likes to be in her thing, if you know what we're saying. Motherfucker. <laughs> you can also... Just because you're correct doesn't mean you're right. Thank you, Shinji. Alright. Alright. I mean, I mean, Shiro, Shinji? fuck! Shinji! <laughs> can I please wrap this up before... I was at least in the same series! <laughs> can I please try to yes, wrap this yes, up, guys? Yes. Holy shit. Um, you can also check out my blog, lifeandtimesattalker.wordpress.com, even though it is gathering dust currently. Um, as for Twitch-related things, though, uh, once my computer's fixed, you can catch Andrew and I streaming on Sundays, doing something. Video games. Video we games. Whatever video game it'll be. Whatever it'll be video, video game, game it is. I should uh, probably be back at, a uh, I'm probably gonna be back around April with, uh, Three Houses. About the same. Megan usually streams on Wednesdays. She's taking a breather right now. Um, but she will return with more Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, but I believe... Yeah, I don't want to do this part of the game with shit in my life that is month. just... You hate this month. Yeah, and seeing what it deals with after what I've just been through? Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, not right. No, 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 no. Ain't, ain't, that ain't it, bud. Um, anyway... Thank you again so much for sticking around for this fucking long. Again, your code, your secret word in the comments is Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs. Eat them up, eat them up, eat them up, eat them up. I'm gonna need to, I'm gonna go fetch my cat who has definitely got major zoomies now. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for sticking around with us. Good night, Thank everybody. You. Have a good, good night. Hardy, yell good night. Keep it manly. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much, and Otaku on my friends. Racist buffs! Racist buffs! Eat them up, eat them up, eat them up, eat them up!